Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. And away we go. Another great uh, show in store here on the Sports Cage. I'm Michael Ball along with our buddy Sean Kleisinger. And uh, the number to call if you want to talk sports locally, we've got a couple of open breaks, 936-6262. Or toll-free out-of-town, 1-866-767-0620. Now that 936 number, 6262, is our text number as well. You can pound out a text to us. The Capital Auto Group text line. All our guests, and we have many when the show's on, come to you via the Western Pizza hotline. Check your local Western Pizza for their dine-in or takeout uh, menu and options there. And uh, the show is brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries. The main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. We were on the air yesterday, went overtime, sports cage after hours, and we told you then, and we'll reiterate now, the Chicago Blackhawks won the NHL Draft Lottery, and unless something crazy happens, they'll select Regina Pat's superstar Connor Bedard with the first overall selection in the June entry draft. Blackhawk fans were elated, Zinger. They purchased over $2 million worth of season tickets in the 90 minutes that followed the lottery. That's crazy. It's craziness to me, man. I saw that. Uh, what was the other thing? Including more than 500 new full season plans. That's yeah, crazy. It's Can crazy. you imagine that? Yeah. Within an hour and a half. Unreal. Last time they had the first overall selection was uh, back in 2007 with yeah. Patrick Kane, who obviously is a Ranger now, but he's unrestricted free agent. He'll go into the Hall of Fame. And the way people are talking, Bedard's going to do that too. It's a lot of hype on a 17-year-old kid. They are saying, like a lot of people believe he's the he's Connor McDavid. I don't see it. And I love Connor Bedard, and I've watched him live, called a bunch of his games. I don't think he's Connor McDavid-like. He could be Patrick Kane-like, though. Yeah, he has the shot. He has the shot, but like he doesn't have the speed to be Connor McDavid. Like, come on, what kind of? Well, that's just goofy. Just because they have the same first name doesn't mean they're going to be the same player. Here. Although he would have been as good as Connor McDavid last night. What a pathetic effort oh, last yeah. night by the Edmonton Oilers! That was an absolutely a... <laughs> atrocious effort. What a god! Only Zach Hyman, who's gutting through something, and. Uh, Warren Fogle. Those are the only two guys to watch. Everybody else were passengers. They sucked. Bouchard was looking pretty good on the point. Oh, falling God. On, he falling like... on his buttocks. Yeah. As soon as he fell, I was like, okay, they're scoring here. Yeah. Sure enough, just an absolute snipe it daddy was, over the right glove or was, over the glove. It was Eichel, yeah. Uh, in that game, ESPN anchor John Anderson wasn't aware that Zach Whitecloud has a indigenous background. Uh he says, quote, this is totally on me. I sincerely apologize to Zach, the Golden Knights, their fans, and everyone else for what I said. It's my job to be prepared to know the backgrounds of the players, and I blew it. I'll be reaching out to the team personally to apologize and hope to have the opportunity to speak to Zach as well. Now, what did he do? Well, he said this. What kind of name is White Cloud? Great name if you're a toilet paper. 
But White Cloud is one of a handful of current NHLers of indigenous descent. His family is from Sioux Valley, Dakota Nation, a reservation located in the western part of Manitoba. So that didn't go over too who, well. Who did you say it s- said this? John Anderson, who's the ESPN uh, oh, anchor. Oh, that is the that dumbest net, thing I've heard that in That network's gone downhill big time. Uh, with their season on the line, the Maple Leafs will start 24-year-old netminder <laughs> Joseph Wall between the pipes for tomorrow's must-win game against the Florida Panthers. Uh, Ilya Samsonov is day-to-day with an upper body injury after he was collided into by Luke Shen. Oh, come on. Yeah. More like he's diagnosed with giving up or sucky disorder. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Something How could you be hurt for a game? Be You know, he just got ran into. You're going to... So ma- what? Oh, oh, really? Really, Zinger? Your guy was out the whole playoff series with a bruised ass. Yeah, I know. That's not my fault. I know it was a joke. <laughs> not, talking about my Gian- problem. Talking about Giannis from the uh, Bucks. He was barely bumped. And, he, and his I thought it was his leg or something that was yeah. hurt because he slid back on the on the post and I thought like he hurt his like hamstring or his now, groin. Now, back to the... Upper oil- body. Back to the Oilers for a second. We all think, you know, they lose game one, they respond, then they lose game three, and they always bounce back, and that's what they say. Well, they better, because if they go down 3-1 to Vegas, they're in trouble. That was embarrassing. Brassois goes out, and he's probably done. He just got back, recovered, just started to play in February from hip uh, a hip injury, and then this Aiden Hill... King of the Hill comes in the net, and the Oilers can't get any shots by him. So that's going to be an interesting game. We'll see if they've got some, uh, see what kind of hockey pucks the Oilers have, or if they're just going to go away quietly. Uh, Gabriel Landeskog may have sacrificed his uh, injured right knee to hoist the Stanley Cup for the Avalanche last year. Well, he's set to undergo cartilage replacement surgery Wednesday, sidelining him for a second straight full NHL season and giving the long, long-time Avs captain an uncertain path back. Now, he has not contemplated retirement and is confident he'll be able to resume his career after a third procedure on the knee, on the knee pardon me, in roughly 14 months. Not good news in the Mile High City. Carolina's at Joyzy Stars at Kraken. Stars got blown out by Seattle 7-2. Jersey blew out Carolina eight four. Who do you like tonight? I like the Devils to even up that series tonight. Yeah. And I think the Stars even up the Kraken too. Yeah, I think so. How, you, did you look at my notes or what? No. I think jo- I think can you say that again? Joyzy. Jo- yeah, I think they're gonna win tonight. Joyzy. I think it who who told me? No, it was my dad that said, Hey, did you know that the Carolina Hurricanes are gonna win the Stanley Cup this year? He thinks that they are the strongest. Did he say team. that at the start? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Really? Yep. Patrick, uh, it'd be nice to see a 2006 Oilers-Carolina uh, rematch. And hey, it would be cool if the Hurricanes won the Cup because then we could say that we saw them live in person the season that they won the Cup because they played in No, Anaheim. it wouldn't be cool. It wouldn't be cool hey, oh, if they beat Edmonton Matt, again. Matt, wouldn't that be something if they just beat Edmonton just like Shut 2006? Up. Shut up. <laughs> Edmonton, Edmonton's not getting there the way they played last night. Uh, w- I think it's going to go seven. I think it's going to go seven. WHL, the T-Birds... Beat the Blazers last night 4-2 for their second straight WHL West Championship. They'll play the Ice Friday Game 1 of the Western Hockey League uh, title. And that goes at Canada Life Center. They're moving to the big rink. Yeah, that's what the Jets get. Some real-time hockey going to be hitting the ice. Maybe uh, quite the send-off for the ice. It'll be their last year in Winnipeg. I'm almost sure of it. Okay, I want your opinion on this, Singer. Let's go to CFL News. Mike O'Shea 
signs Michael O'Shea, the receiver from the Okanagan Sun, returner slash uh, wide receiver who was here last November when the Sun beat the Thunder in the uh, Canadian Bowl National Championship. How do you feel about Mike O'Shea signing his son, Michael O'Shea? If I'm his son, I wouldn't want to sign. No, me neither. Because it's something that will be carried with him his whole career. Somebody's going to be like, oh yeah, you don't deserve this. You don't deserve that. Like, why would you want that luggage you know, his dad's gonna be on your shoulders. His dad's gonna be a little bit over the top. You know how when you coach your son, well, you wouldn't yet, but I know if your son's on the team, you're a little bit harder on your son than maybe you would otherwise not be because you don't want to have it appear that you're biased towards your son. And now think about this on a pro level. Yeah, but like, yeah, that's a good point. But like, if he's good enough to be in the CFL, why hasn't this kid gotten other looks? Elsewhere, Like, that just goes to tell me that he's borderline not a CFL player and he's just there because of his dad. Like, no, if I'm his son, I don't... That's goofy. I'm going to ask John Hodge, who's going to be on from Three Down Nation, and Glenn Suter a little later on about that. Here's an interesting one, too. Grant McDonald, who is an outstanding linebacker with the Calgary Dinos, picked by the Edmonton Elks and then traded to Edmonton, along with uh, Kyle Saxley, the offensive lineman, um... He is retiring, 23 years of age, to go be a firefighter in his home province of B.C. This is the concern I do have about not having meaningful wages for guys. And if they have options, we we can list a bunch of them, and we have repeatedly. Uh, the CFL is going to have to look at bumping that wage up so that guys who have degrees will look at playing football. You know, if it oh, maybe yeah. starts at a hundred thousand, now you're thinking about it. If it starts at sixty-five, or this year I think it goes to seventy, is that enough to put your body on the line? No, that's a good point too. Because my friend, he just became a firefighter here in the city of Regina, and mm-hmm. I could tell you, like he's probably making more than a lot of CFL well, players. Well, he's are. making about right there seventy, probably when he starts. But he's, around. Not, he's not bashing his head, and no. he's not bashing his like no. you, like to your point. So yeah, he's okay. polishing the truck more than he's or having a dumpster fire in the background yeah. in the having backyard. A, right? a snooze on the couch at yeah. the fire station. Yeah, because that's all they do is snooze and clean their fire <laughs> fire trucks. A bunch of firemen are pissed off now. A legendary BC Lions quarterback Joe Cap passed away yesterday. Fifteen year battle with dementia. He was eighty five, an outstanding two sport athlete at the University of Cal Berkeley. He was selected in the eighteenth round of the nineteen fifty nine NFL draft by Washington, but instead signed with the Calgary Stampeders. Spent two seasons as the team's starting quarterback before the Lions acquired him via a trade, sending four starters to the Stamps in exchange. He was inducted into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame in 1984, the College Hall of Fame in 2004. His number 22 jersey was retired by the Lions. Must have been retired after Flutie went there because Flutie wore 22 when he first came to BC. Uh, He was named one of the 50 greatest Minnesota Vikings of all time in 2010. And check this out, Zinger. He still holds the NFL record for the most touchdowns down passes in a game with seven, a distinction he shares with the names like Sid Luckman, Adrian Burke, George Blanda, Y.A. Tittle, <laughs> Nick Foles, Peyton Manning, and Drew Brees. Yeah, I remember Peyton's. That was his uh, MVP uh, year, I believe. Think about yeah. all those great names, and then you got Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Is, hey, Nick Foles, he is a championship quarterback. And a Super Bowl MVP, too. Yeah. Think about that. You watch your mouth when you yeah, talk about true. Nick Foles. Uh, <laughs> Chase Brown, Canadian. Uh I forget where he was picked in the CFL draft, but he uh, did get selected in the fifth round by the Cincinnati Bungles, and he has signed with the Bengals. Blue Jays at the Phillies. My Padres are in Minnesota. We got the voice of the Twins on the show, Corey Provis, after 4.30. And the Lakers and Heat. 
Both up three games to one after wins yesterday. Lakers rallied to beat the Warriors 104-101. And the Heat go up three games to one on the Knicks after a 109-101 victory. You got your eyelids up there? What's up? No, no. I was just going to say I was watching uh, that Lakers game last night. They look good defensively. That, was, that was a good basket. Did you watch it? Yeah, I did. No, I, oh, yeah, I did. We watched okay. the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, it was a good game. It was actually right the first time the I watched wire. the playoff. Uh, uh, yeah, it was. But here's something. I, you're going to freak out. I just can't wait. Because I have this on my script here. Mm-hmm. There are a couple people suggesting the older L.A. Lakers, let's face it, LeBron's 38, which, by the way, I don't like LeBron, but very impressive what he's doing at 38. That's more impressive than Brady playing quarterback in the NFL at 45. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, I th- agree. 38. Um, but people are suggesting the Lakers rest their starters for Game 5 so that they can win it at home court in Game 6. Uh, that, Have you heard anything so stupid in your life? Like this, my, so would somebody go to Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird? Larry Bird was laying flat on his stomach during timeouts in a series in the 80s against the Rockets. Like... We're going to re- load management in the playoffs. Yeah. Talk about arrogance. We're, we're at the point now where we're Soft talking. Soft as puppy poo. We're talking lo- load management in the playoffs. It, like, that's where we're at now, Ballsy? That's embarrassing. Like, I, I don't even want to watch the NBA anymore. Like, I'm canceling my NBA league pass if that's the case. I am not watching it. It's, the first, it's, it's done. That's, that's the se- Sorry, that, I lied. That's the second. NBA game I watched this year. The first was when Giannis went down and bruised his ass, and that <laughs> the was one the, game that you watch. Huh? That, that you watch, playoff you know. game, yeah. Ethan and I were watching in North Dakota, oh. and so yeah, we watched that one last night. The fourth quarter, great comeback. Um, sometimes Steph Curry gets a little arrogant with those shots, oh, though. Oh, I hate. Mm, you don't like him, eh? No, I don't. AD's got him. AD's got the, him covered pretty good. But but you got to give him you got to give him credit about something because even Ethan pointed out when he launches some of those shots that just miss, they look a lot closer than they actually are mm. on TV. Like he just You're throws them up. Steph Curry. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like he just launches them just up, just lollipops them in the but, air. But, they, but that was, some of those are stupid. It's crazy. Anyway. Uh, we encourage your text at 936-6262. We did this earlier in the year, before free agency broke down, when we kind of we were speculating if Bo Levi Mitchell was going to come here or not. Let's do it again, Zinger, because I had somebody stop me and say, how do you think the Riders are going to do record-wise? So I said, you know what? Make sure you tune in after 3 o'clock. Zinger and I are going to break down the Rough Riders record. Now that we know all the teams... Moves in the off season, and more importantly, our Rough Rider moves. We'll get to that in a minute. This is the Sports Cage on six twenty CKRM. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio six twenty CKRM. Okay, so uh, coming up a little later on, we're going to talk about the NFL schedule comes out on Thursday as we're about to put our Sports Cage trip with CAA Travel Saskatchewan Terry Kazas together. We want to get an NFL. NBA NHL game going. Our two choices we were kind of leaning in on Miami and Dallas. Most people that I surveyed had said Miami by slight margin because of the warm weather. But uh, we got to see if everything lines up. But with that in mind, I had somebody ask me, "What, what do you think the Riders' record's going to be this year?" Now, all you got to do is get to the dance singer. That's all you got to do is get to the dance, right? So let's go through the record. Here's how I see this shaking down. Now, of course, we don't know. 
because anything can happen in injury with injury situations. Training camp is coming up right now. By the way, you saw Trevor Harris. He's got his receivers working out early, and he took them all for a pedicure today. Okay. So the QB1 has... Is that, is that the one with the hands or the feet? I don't, no, I don't pedicure, know much. feet, podiatrist. Okay, there we go. Manicures the hands. Man. There we go. Thank you. Anyway. Thank you. Yeah, Not very got, smart. I'm a, I'm a diabetic, and so I do have pedicure, so there's nothing oh, better. Yeah. Getting one of those chairs that massage your back. Well, I like reflexology. That's with your feet, right? Foot yeah, massage. I think so. Your foot massage. Massage. Anyway, here we go. Uh, Riders open up uh, the guaranteed win night in Edmonton against the Elks. I've got Edmonton winning that game. First time in over two years they win no. on the home no. schedule. No, they're not winning that game. No, 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 no. Well, I do because uh, the Rider Nation's going to implode. So you got, I would like to hear the reasons why you think they're going to win do. that. It's time that they win, and I think they'll win. Uh, and Riders are just still going to be figuring things out offensively with their quarterback and with the parts. It won't be time to panic, although people will panic. So I get the Riders at 0-1 there. Then the Riders with the Father's Day weekend first game against the uh, Winnipeg uh, Blow Bombers. And the Bombers come in, and the Riders win that game. So they lose one you think they'll win and win one you think they'll lose, and they'll be 1-1. One and one. Then they go to the Calgary Stampeders for week number three, and they will lose that game and be 1-2. and two. Then the Edmonton Elks come to town. And they will be two and two. Then Calgary comes in here to Mosaic Stadium, and the Riders will be three and two. Then the Rough Riders will go to British Columbia and lose and be three and three to VA or Dane Evans. Now, keep in mind, we don't know how injuries or anything go. Then they will go to the Atlantic Canada game. This is a tough one. They got to go cross country. They lost last year. Remember that Cody interception? Winton McManus oh, picks it off. That sent the Argos one way and the Riders the other way. I said I'd be happy if the Riders were three and four at this point. Riders will be four and three after seven games. They, they eke one out against the Toronto Argonauts. Then they're back here against the Ottawa Red Blacks. That won't be an easy game, but I see the Rough Riders winning that game and they will be five and three. Quick turnaround to go to Montreal against Cody Fajardo and the Alouettes. And actually, the Riders will be five and four there. They'll lose in Montreal. It's always a tough place to play. Quick turnaround. Oh, that would be heartbreaking Harris, against Cody. Harris against oh. just because it's a short week. Then the Riders take on the BC Lions here. They'll be six and four. They'll beat the Lions. Then Winnipeg comes here for the Labor Day Classic. They will be seven and three, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. They beat Winnipeg. We go to the, uh, the Labor Day Classic rematch, Riders lose in Winnipeg, 7-4. and four. Are you picking up what I'm putting down for the most part? Yeah, that's the way it goes. Then, we, then, we, yep, then the Edmonton Elks are here again. So we lost to them once. We beat them once. We will take the season series winning here at Mosaic Stadium, and the Riders will be 8-4. Uh, and four. Then the Red Blacks in Ottawa, uh, Riders lose that one, going down to... Uh, Eight and five in the standings. The BC Lions roll in, uh, Riders roll into BC on September the 29th, and uh, they lose that game and they go to eight and six on the season. Hamilton Tiger Cats come to town. Oh, Levi Mitchell. Riders win that game. Okay. They're, nine, they're nine and six. If his arm's not falling off. Oh, by pardon that. me. That, sir, what, what I got there? They're nine and seven. Then, they, uh, then they've got the um, Calgary Stampeders in Calgary. Uh, nine and eight, and they wrap up with a win at home against the Toronto Argonauts. They are ten and eight, mm. so they sweep the Grey Cup champs, finish ten and eight. I think that should be good enough. I'm going to predict that's good enough for 
Might be a tiebreaker in their second or third. Yep. That's how I see it. A, lot of, a couple losses there in the latter half of the season. Yeah. You know you don't want to see that. If you're going into the playoffs, you know how it goes. <laughs> but the, I think that's pretty accurate, right? 9-9, nine 10-8? Nine, yeah, I think so. I, 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 I don't think the Riders are going to lose the first game of the year. I really don't. If they do, it's going to be really okay, sickening. So, so, so then that's one that I could... Sick to my stomach. That's a, so what you're telling me is Chris Jones is going to get beat three times by the Riders? It's hard to sweep a team three times. No, I'm not saying that. I just think that uh, the Riders, they're going to win the first game of the year. You can flip-flop the first game of the year with another game against the Elks, and then I'd be fine with it. Just can't I just start, can't, can't start the season losing to Edmonton. The one I they could, haven't won a game there since 95 or something the, like that. The one I could see is the Rough Riders. I could see the Rough Riders somehow eking out that Alouettes game. It's just, but, but check this out. This is a tough part of the schedule. So the 22nd, they're in BC, okay? Yeah. yeah. Then they got to fly across country and play the Argonauts in Halifax. <laughs> then they got to go home for a August 6th game here against. Uh, the Red Blacks. So think of the time changes, and then they gotta quickly go to Montreal again. Like that's murderers row right there. That is that is murders. Nobody gave the Riders any break on the schedule there. No, I'm assuming they're gonna you know land in Regina from BC before they go. Out yeah, but to, still, still uh, like that is a big difference of well time know, zone, time zones, time zone. And I'm trying to see. So you, they're only that's gonna, like the whole length of Europe, man. So they're gonna Plus. be so they're gonna be an hour back. The riders will be an hour back of our time zone then, and then we got to go. What is it? Three hours ahead to go to? Yeah, it'll be three hours to go ahead of Halifax. So it's a four-hour time difference from like Saturday to Saturday. Yeah, that's going to be a mess, man. They might not. That's where the. That's where it could go from ten and eight to nine and nine, maybe even eight and ten. Like mm-hmm. that's the stretch. You'd love to pack up those wins early because uh, that middle stretch is going to be killer, man. Going to be absolute killer. When we come back, we have our Indigenous Sports Spotlight and much, much more. What do you think the Riders' record is going to be this year? What do you think of Connor Bedard as a Blackhawk? Give us a text 936-6262. The show is brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries on 620 CKRM. 3.32 with the sports ticker. Two games in the National Hockey League playoffs tonight. The Carolina Hurricanes in New Jersey to take on the Devils. Hurricanes with a 2-1 series lead. Let's see if the Devils can tie that series up at two apiece. Dallas is in Seattle to take on the Kraken. Seattle up in that series 2-1. This is the Indigenous Sports Spotlight. Each month on the Sports Cage, we highlight an athlete, coach, or builder who is gaining attention both on and off the playing surface. All right, we're here with uh, Neil Sasakamus, the son of the great Fred Sasakamus. Well, you're great too, Neil, and you're you're tough like your dad because you're doing an interview with me even though you got bronchitis, so thanks a lot. I appreciate uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I'll do the best I can. Oh, uh, it'll be good. Okay, so the uh, Chief Thunderstick... National Hockey Tournament coming again May long weekend. Tell my listeners about it. Uh, it's the largest in our world in, on the Indigenous side. It's the largest, we call it the largest Indigenous uh, hockey event on the planet. It draws people from all over North America, but primarily Canada. 40 men's team and 16 women's team. The best of Indigenous players show up on May 18th to the 21st, and they represent their area and their community. And they have a great battle. And at the end of four days, uh, there's a women's champion that's crowned. And then there's a, a men's champion that's crowned for the year. 
And it happens every year at the Merlis Belcher place. You can go to our uh, Facebook page, uh, uh, Fred Sasakamu's Chief Thunderstick National Hockey Championship. The whole event's uh, based on uh, Fred's history and his contribution to to the sport and to the people in general and then to his, his Indigenous communities that he uh, he worked so hard for. But it's uh, it's $15 a day to watch Premier Hockey. You'll see an ex-NHLers playing there and lots of major junior talent, a lot of college and collegiate and university talent there. And you'll see all mixes of people uh, that, that compete really hard. And it's actually great hockey. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I, back in my young days, competed against a lot of Indigenous athletes. Man, there are some talented Indigenous athletes out there. It's great to highlight them in something like this. Yeah, no, it's uh, and we we love we love contact. So uh, <laughs> the fans get right into it. They 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 love old Saskatchewan hockey, which is like ground and pound a bit, and they love good talent and and uh, you know watching finesse players. Uh, but we we love gatherings. We love events. We love we love this event, and uh, we just love cheering for some good old contact hockey in the prairies. Awesome, man. And lastly, Neil, how proud are you to be Fred's son? Oh, how proud? Um, it's it's uh, t- touch and go. Like, we lost him during COVID. It's been a long four or five years for us now, so uh, just kind of adjusting to it now. Like, he's not around. People still ask for him. Uh, we He just wanted to make sure, he, like, he wasn't forgotten like so many NHL players that were didn't play long, you know, but they walk around small towns or they're in indigenous communities. Or, uh, but he used to tell me there's a lot of uh, professional players that are around small towns, Saskatchewan, and he just wanted to make sure, like he just wasn't forgotten. That was his, uh, that was one of his last requests to us. Well, that's awesome that you're keeping it alive along with others. Thanks for your time, Neil. Good luck in uh, in getting healthy and have fun at the tourney. Thank you very much, and everyone's welcome. So plug, plug, plug. Everyone's welcome. Come and, come and support and watch good Indigenous hockey. Our Indigenous Sports Spotlight is brought to you by Freeze Tolman. Since 1956, Freeze Tolman has been your trusted building materials supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tolman in Regina and Fort Coppell. It's time to step into the Radio Octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage. Michael Ball along with Sean Kleisker. We're trying to get a hold of John Hodge from Free Down Nation. I fear like I gave you the wrong number. Hold on here. Let me just... Uh, this is live radio, folks. Live radio. No, I gave you the right number, Zinger. The exact right number. So we'll see if it is... Possible to get a hold of John Hodge? It is. Let's get to the phone lines now. Show's brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries, the main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and uh, recreation groups. Uh, and we head out in the Western Pizza Hotline and say hi to our friend John Hodge from Three Down Nation. Hodge, how are you? I'm doing great, Ballsy. How about yourself? Good. Who won the draft? Well, the two teams I keep coming back to would have to be the Auto Red Blacks mm-hmm. and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I, I think that those two teams overall had the best drafts. I know a lot of Rider fans were hoping that the Riders would, would add a top-tier offensive lineman. Frankly, I think once Dante Bull was off the board, there there weren't any blue-chip blockers. I know the 2024 CFL draft class is supposed to be very deep, but 
I like what the Riders did. I like Lake Corte Moore a lot. I think he's a future starter at defensive tackle. I like Jackson Ford a lot. He's fast. He's physical, and I, I like Nat Dean in the third round. I was a little bit surprised they didn't go local there with Josh White out of the University of Regina, but I also think it's nice that the team is showing that, that they're not just going local. I mean, local's great, obviously, but you know, Jeremy O'Day, the club's GM, made it clear that they didn't take Jackson Ford just because he's local, and, and of course the ties that he has through his grandfather, Al Ford, they took him because he's a heck of a football player. Clearly they feel the same about Matt Dean out of York in the third round considering there was a local boy still on the board who ended up going just a little bit later to the Red Blacks. Yeah, and we'll get to the Red Blacks in a second. I think it's uh, worth noting that because, like you said, it was thin on the offensive line or in that uh, group for this draft class, you also got to consider last year, Zach Fry was a guy that uh, they liked coming out of Western. Um, Jeremy talked about his good feet. And then uh, Diego Alatorre Montoya, Mexico City guy who is from uh, the UBC program, uh, spent last year on the roster. So we'll see how that transpires. And also a guy like Logan Bandy who ha- took his lumps, but those were very, uh, how do I put it? It was a good investment, even though it was a crappy year. That's when I'm interested to see how he comes back because he got to see what it's like when the bullets are flying for real and what it takes to play at this level. Well, exactly, and and there's no sense in adding another guy who's who's you know and who's going to be too raw to compete right away. At this point, the the Riders have their four starters. I think Philip Blake is going to start for them at left tackle. I know Jeremy O'Day said that they've penciled in three. Personally, I'm of the belief it's going to be four, but we'll have to wait and see on that. But you know, beyond those four, you mentioned Alatori, who I know a lot of people were high on last year coming out of UBC, Bandy. Kind of got, you know, that first season, it's kind of like the first pancake for offensive linemen. You kind of have to get it out of the way, and then you make the adjustments to the speed of the game. You make the adjustments that you need to make. Let's remember, too, Logan Bandy's not a natural center. He's a guy who spent most of his youth sports career playing tackle. Did move to the center position in his last year with the Dinos, but he's not a guy who's, who's spent the last five, ten years at that position. He's still relatively new, and he's also a pretty big center. A lot of centers are in that six-two, six-three range. He's 6'5", so he has to get used to sitting maybe a little bit lower in his sets and, and using leverage a little bit more along the inside. But to me, that, that makes a lot of sense for Saskatchewan this draft. The D-line was certainly a position of need. No, they don't start a defensive lineman currently who's Canadian, but guess what? Anthony Lanier is already over 30. Micah Johnson, you know, he's in his mid-30s. He's clearly at the tail end of his career. So if, you know, a year from now this team decides to start a Canadian, suddenly you've got Lake Corte Moore, who I think can take one of those spots, and obviously Charbel DeBeer, who I think has been an underrated guy along the interior for them, is ready to compete for that spot as well. What do you know about this Queens offensive lineman, Evan Florin, who's a 303-pounder, six foot four? Uh, O'Day uh, thought he'd go higher in the draft. Yeah, I had Evan Florin mocked as high as the first round, and frankly, wow. I was shocked to see him fall as far as he did. Obviously, my read on him was was not good, and he was the only player, um, I, I'm pleased to say, in my mock draft, who I was off by more than about a round. That said, it's unacceptable, at least for me in, in my mocks and my assessment, to be that far off. So I've done some homework on Evan Florin since the draft, asking different teams why he fell as far as he did because usually what cancels a uh, or, or or what kind of takes a guy off the board um 
to that extent would just be really bad physicals. And that's not the case for Evan Florin. He didn't test phenomenally at the combine, but he was one of the stronger testers at the combine. He's 6'4", 303. He ran a 5'36", and, you know, speed isn't necessarily the most important thing to have as an offensive lineman, but, you know, it's better than a lot of other old linemen put up. Uh, you know, his, his jumps were fine. His, his speed drills were fine. He put up 18 on the bench. Is that as many as you'd like to see? No, but it's not like he put up 10. And there were some offensive linemen who only put up 10. Um, to me, the thing I'm hearing on Evan Florin is he doesn't do enough to get his nose dirty. He's not physical enough. And he also struggles at time and pass protection. He was a first team uh, U Sports All-Canadian, pardon me, second team U Sports All-Canadian and first team OUA All-Star this past year at the Golden Gales. But that offense is heavy run he needs to develop the passing side of his game but to me i i think he is a very worthwhile project and certainly great value for the seventh round the seventh round of the draft does occasionally turn out gems but by and large the seventh round is a crapshoot so if the riders get a guy who can compete from that spot then that is that is a very good value. well a gem could be nick thomas he really pops from the university of manitoba we've talked about it came up through rugby guy late football comer i think grade 11 uh he's a guy that uh has been living with his sister since grade 10 like just the two of them on their own so if this guy uh you know this guy knows adversity training camp will be nothing to him i'm interested to see if uh if he could stick around or make some waves yeah, I mean, we'll we'll have to wait and see. It's uh, it's certainly interesting, and we we know that um, in the later rounds of the draft, you you have to find you know uh, projects, you have to find uh, things and be creative. I, I think Nick Thomas is a guy who would have gone higher if not for two things. One, he was hurt almost yeah. all this past season. He only played two games for the Bisons. The previous year, he was a first team U Sports All Star. So you obviously know the goods are there. He just has to prove that he's that he's healthy. The other thing is he's undersized, right? Yeah. And, and it's not uncommon for linebackers to in the CFL to check in under six feet. Nick Thomas is only five foot nine, and so that's like the other thing that held him back. If, if this was a draft based on pure talent and he hadn't been hurt, he'd go much higher. So he's got a few things to overcome in that regard, and the injury and the size. But as you said, Ballsy, he's a guy who has excelled in the past. And uh, I'm interested to see what he does. I liked him a lot at the University of Manitoba. He has, to me, he has heavy feet at the start of his reps, but he has a very high top speed. And so if he can get up to speed on special teams, he becomes very physical. I'm interested to see what he can do there. Our draft expert, John Hodge from Three Down Nation. Okay, so you you mentioned the Red Blacks. They got a couple of... uh of uh, Saskatchewan uh, based in terms of universities, uh, kids that played at these universities on their uh, on their uh, draft board. Josh White, we talked about him, and of course uh, Daniel Perry. Nice story out of the U.S. Calgary boy. Yeah, and Daniel Perry is was was a late bloomer, right? Daniel Perry, I, I believe, was originally a walk on mm-hmm. at the University of Saskatchewan, and is a guy who I think fought through some injuries. And um, ended up having a fantastic year. Now, it helps when you've got great quality quarterbacking. And uh, we know that the Huskies have had that the last couple of years with, with Mason Nias. But, you know, Perry, this is a, this is a, first of all, let's also say this. This is a position of need for the Red Blacks. And, and one that I thought, to be honest, they were going to address sooner in the draft. They chose not to do that. They got Perry later on. They did get Daniel Oladejo 
out of Ottawa with their territorial pick. Mm-hmm. But uh, Perry, I mean, he's he's got decent size, six feet, one ninety six, ran a four five eight forty yard dash, and uh, there's a reason why he was a first team U Sports All Canadian this past season. Again, yes, he's catching passes from Mason Ayers, but you know this club has some aging Canadians. Um, you know, Nate Bahar is is a savvy vet in this league. Tavon Smith, one of their other Canadian receivers, is, is kind of trying to restart that career, rekindle that career. Lamar Durant is another one who's trying to reignite that career, so to speak. So, to me, there there could be some space for Daniel Perry to to make some noise there in Red Rock. We've got to find a way to get that minimum wage in the CFL higher, so it's um, more attractive to some of these kids. You look at Hamilton Tiger Cats linebacker Grant McDonald, as you reported at Three Down Nation, John retiring at the age of thir- uh, twenty three. Pardon me to become a firefighter back in his home province of BC. Seeing more and more kids. Uh, either uh, give up early or just not uh, start their pro football career? Yeah, it is something that, that I think the CFL has improved in recent years. It's now up to $70,000. The minimum has been, you know, e- even in, in the recent history league, it's been as low as 54. So I think it's trending in the right direction, but, but you make an excellent point, Ballsy. This is something that, you know, for, for guys who, who especially are, are coming out of, you know, high academic institutions. It's not to say that, you know, any universities are not high academic institutions, but we all know some universities are a little bit more academically oriented than others. Some schools are, are schools of football teams and some are football teams with schools. I'll just put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but guys who come out of these top tier, you know, programs, be it engineering, you know, we, we've seen some players, uh, you know, I, I'm thinking of Chris Osikusi in particular, is now I, I believe in Ottawa has bounced around a bunch of places. I think it was in Edmonton last year, but he's yeah. he, he went to law school, right? He went back to university for his fifth year and and is I believe now either a full fledged lawyer or extremely close to becoming a full fledged lawyer. So if you're a guy who you know whether it's it's again engineering law, any type of high paying career that you could potentially have, you know it, it's. You know, it's, it's understandable if you want to do that. You know, yeah. you, you don't have to risk your body. You don't have to take on those risks, and, and you're going to make more money more quickly, uh, potentially in those types of careers. So I know the vets don't like it. The vets want the money to keep going to them, and, and some veteran players have made sacrifices um, to account for for the lower level guys and the rookies making more money more quickly. Uh, but I agree, it's better for the league if if young players are making more money more quickly in the CFL. Lastly. Blue Bombers, Mike O'Shea signs receiver, Michael O'Shea. What, your thoughts on that? This was a super interesting signing because our own Justin Dunk at Three Down Nation did a sit-down interview with all the coaches and GMs at the Combine. And one of the things he asked Mike O'Shea, the head coach, was do you want to you know draft your son? What's this opportunity like? And, and Mike O'Shea essentially said, I don't want to sign my son because I don't think that would be fair to him and to the team and, and to everybody involved. That was why I was shocked to see the press release yesterday when receiver Michael O'Shea signed with his father's team. Now, Michael O'Shea, the, the receiver, we'll talk about him a little bit, is not a burner. He's a guy who originally committed to the University of Guelph and uh, didn't play, went the CJFL route and became a star with the Okanagan Sun. Only ran a 4.86 at the CFL's Invitational Combine. Also failed to record a single rep on the bench. That being said, he is not a tester. He is a gamer. He was a two-time CJFL first-team All-Canadian 
Uh, he had he had accolades as a receiver. He also had accolades as a returner. So I'm interested to see if maybe there's a, a role for him to be carved out at receiver, maybe returner with Winnipeg. That said, you know I don't think he's gonna he's gonna push out Janarian Grant anytime soon for the returner role. And also the club drafted Jeremy Murphy out of Concordia in the third round, who I think is a very talented and underrated receiver coming out of the RSEQ. So I, I think he's in tough to make the team, but if nothing else, it certainly makes for, for a great story. And and uh, I know the media in Winnipeg is, I'm sure, thankful for that because, frankly, for a team that, that doesn't have, like, hasn't changed very much in, in the last four or five years, it's always good to have uh, at least one guaranteed really fun story going into camp. Well, I'm interested to see if he uh, does what he uh, did to Kyle Borsa in Borsa's words when he told Borsa he was cut, go pick yourself your stuff up on the side of the road. I wonder if he'll tell that to his son. That's hilarious. Uh, anyway, thanks for your time, John. It's always a great time to talk to John Hodge. You do a great job over there at Three Down Nation. Thanks, bud. Thanks, Ballsy. Anytime. Take care. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, kid. Go pick up your stuff and go get some groceries. Mom wants us to have some groceries. Love your son. son. That's your son. <laughs> Good culture guy there. That's the sports cage uh, discussion with John Hodge. We'll be back with more in a moment here on six twenty CKRM. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio six twenty CKRM. All right, and we got a text here rolling in on the text line powered by the Capital Auto Group. My grandson, over the moon about the Blackhawks getting Connor Bedard from Michael Burgess. Also asking you what you think the Riders' record's going to be now that we know all the comings and goings in the offseason. The lineups are set for the most part as they go to training camp. Rookie camp starts tomorrow, 10 a.m. to 11.30 over Griffith Stadium. Thursday and Friday, the same time. Brian Cox, the... I think he was an all-pro linebacker three times in the NFL. You remember him from his Miami Dolphin days, number 51. His son, Brian Cox Jr., defensive lineman that bounced around the NFL, assigned with the Riders. He will be on the show tomorrow with Sean Kleisinger. Sean and Blaine Wyland are going to host the show tomorrow. I am taking some time off before training camp. All right. So, um, let us get to uh, this singer. So, it, it's coming up on um, on traveling season, vacation season, okay? Mm-hmm. We'll call this segment Skip it, Skip or See It. Skip it or see it, okay? Okay. So um, let's play. Would you, would you tell us some of the places that people might be intrigued to go to that you've been to that you'll say skip it? Like, let's start London, England. Skip it or see it? Ah, skip it. Really? Skip it. Okay, not really. I don't think people he would. I don't think people in Saskatchewan would uh, want to do that. I'm not a big fan. How about uh, Pittsburgh's PNC Park? Oh yeah, see it. Yeah, see it. Okay, underrated city, man. Yeah, Uh, see it. Cincinnati. Uh, Skip skip it. Skip it. it. Skip it, man. Nah, it's a dump. Dump. Dumpy. Dump. Okay, Cleveland. Uh, don't skip. Yeah. Mm -mm. Where else you been? Uh, I'd say I'd say Los Angeles. It's so it's good to see the stadium. LA's a dump, so it's kind of half and half. If you could just go to the stadium and go, or go to Huntington Beach or something like that, Manhattan Beach, not actually LA. I'll give you some cities that and are. Beverly Hills is a dump. Oh yeah, a dump. San Francisco, California. Yeah, skip it, or see it. it. Oh, see it. See it. Yes, Boston, Massachusetts. But I heard that's a real. That's a lot of kind of. 
It's not as great as it used to be. Boston? No, San Fran. Oh, San Francisco. I'm just talking as far as the sports yeah, scene. Yeah, see it? Fenway Park? Skip it or see it? See it. See it. Okay. Um, Chicago, if you're staying in a good neighborhood, Chicago has some great... Have you been to Wrigley? Yes. Skip I, it or see it? See it. You have to see Wrigley Field. I saw Wrigley Field back before they put the Jumbotron up there in, in center field. Yeah. So... Um, that's just history that you go to. But give me, yeah. Okay, how about this one? Have you been? Oh. I have been to Mount Rushmore. Eh, skip it. Skip it's it. It's okay, but there's not much it's a there. Pile of rocks. I heard France is a dump too. Like yeah. I heard the Eiffel Tower. My dad said the Eiffel Tower is not that. <laughs> and and check this out in terms of that's vacation. Hilarious. Anyway, give us your suggestions. Skip or see it at nine three six sixty two sixty two. Skip it or see it. New York the, City is a, a awesome place to go for sports. Really, Palsy. my 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 brother said too, and I would I just think of clouds, Rats. concrete, and urine. Yeah, well, That's there's, what I think a, there's a lot of that, but there's also a lot of great sports. <laughs> One in five people actually are more into planning their vacation than actually going on their vacation. Oh, new sponsor alert. Let's go. Say goodbye to the hassle of packing, travel arrangements, and unexpected expenses. Instead, enjoy the excitement and thrill of planning your ultimate vacation experience without actually going. Look no further than Anticipay Vacations. Your incredible package includes months of planning, researching, and daydreaming about your unforgettable getaway. Picture yourself lounging on a tropical beach or exploring historical landmarks in another country. With Anticipay Vacations, the excitement is all you need to feel rejuvenated and refreshed. Space is limited. Prices for fake itinerary may vary. Book now and get ready to go nowhere tomorrow. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. All right, and away we go for our number two of the uh, Sports Cage. Michael Ball, Sean Kleisinger show is brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries, the main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. Give me that hype horn singer. Get that hype horn going. Just give me a second here. I've been eating pizza. Yeah, I'm not that's ready what, to that's work what, quite that's yet. That's what we're doing here. We're gonna uh, we're gonna hype it up here. Let's somebody, go. Want, let me have one more bite. All right, here we go. There, let's go. That's right. It's for Western Pizza. Western Pizza, man. Tell you what. Check their uh, local locations, your neighborhood uh, Western Pizza for your dine-in takeout deals. And that high points for our good guy, Aaron Anderson, the outgoing commissioner of the Regina High School Athletics Association. He loves the work we've been doing, how we've been promoting high school football, high school basketball, soccer, everything, you name it. And uh, he brought us in a Western pizza for us to share. Thank you, Aaron. You're a good, yeah. good man. Thank you, Aaron. You're a good man. Now, just stay away from it now, Balls. You're eating it all. I never ate it all. It's Look there. at I've had two pieces, and there's like one piece there left there. There isn't one piece left. You're such a liar. <laughs> man, What oh, man. a loser. Look, at, I'm going to post a picture on our social media feed. Yeah, yeah. there's three left. We, it, it got through the door like five minutes ago, and it's mm-hmm. all gone already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you want me to go get you did a Coca-Cola you even, now? Did you even know who Aaron Anderson was before I introduced you to him? Yeah, my friends my friends grew <laughs> up with him. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> Stum- stumbling and stammering. Okay. They grew up with him. Okay, yeah. anyways, get out of here. Go get us some Coke. Hit this button here. <laughs> Wait, I need some pizza. 
time now for Coast to Coast with Arashma Danny, our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all from Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series Baseball, and everything in between. This is Coast to Coast with Arashma Danny. For smart investing solutions, be smart with your money. Call Brian Golly at Smart Investing Solutions, 546-2533. Madani, you've never had Western pizza. Gino Principe. Gene's driving with his family in the summer through Saskatchewan to get to his wife's uh, in-laws in Winnipeg. He said, can I hook him up with some Western pizza? I said, sure. I can't believe you were in Regina for the Grey Cup and you never stopped by Western pizza. I know, I know. Uh, and the thing, and I'm a guy who supports local. Like I, I'm, I know I you avoid chains as much as I can. Yeah, you know, the the big money chains. Yeah, and all these years of coming on the sports cage, we just never got. To well, next time, next time, next Western time, yeah, is yeah. a must. Uh, yeah, we we you and I did cottage with Brian Golly. Uh, last time you were uh, in, and we will do Western Pizza this next time. Okay, so let's get to this. Actually, this is very interesting. <coughs> Excuse me. You sent me this on Twitter, and I thought this was uh, pretty interesting. It's funny how things uh, work out in life and in the the lottery. Um, ben, ben Enos says... says um, Blackhawks win the draft lottery from the third spot. Only got the third spot because of a 3-1 win over the Penguins in game 81. Penguins win that game and it's Columbus in the three spot. Penguins win that game and the Panthers don't make the playoffs. And tomorrow night they can finish off the Leafs. It's unbelievable. Like the Panthers were that close to missing the playoffs and they're one win away from the conference finals. Um. It's just amazing how it goes, isn't it, Ballsy? Like, get in, get hot, and then just, you know, see where the chips fall, where they may. And that's kind of what's gone on with Florida. And then you think about Columbus and how different the, you know, fate of that franchise is. Imagine Connor Bedard and Patrick Laine and Johnny Hockey all in the same locker room, but instead they end up drafting third. Well, this is why we say players should get the money or get, you know, always in favor of them getting the money for the most part. Bedard, two and a half million dollars in season ticket sales in the first 90 minutes after they won the lottery. Amazing. Yeah, it's Amazing. crazy. Hey, yeah. so are they throwing, they, are they throwing dirt on the Leafs there in Toronto? Is she over with, uh, with uh, Samsonov out now? They are, they, and they were doing that before Samsonov was out. They did that almost the moment the Leafs went down. Three zip, <sighs> Ballsy. I'm not quite there yet. I'm. I, I know it sounds insane, um, and you know me. I'm not a Leaf homer. I just look at the last two games, and I'm like, the Leafs have been the better team. So at this stage of things, I just kind of look at this and I say to myself, okay, they just got to win one. Mm-hmm. Just, just get one first. And then you come home. And could they have won game two? Yes. Could they have won game three? Absolutely. Um, Florida's, you know, Florida's riding it, but as much as everybody's running off the Leafs and who knows now the backup goaltender, to me, this isn't about anything other than win one game. 
if you're Toronto. Win one game on the road. I don't I don't disagree with you. I don't think the Leafs are done, but they are done if Matthews and Marner and Tavares don't show up. It's really that simple. You could talk about the goaltending, but those other guys are like uh, you know, like Ryan Nugent Hopkins in the Oilers series. Those four players that I just mentioned are basically all in witness protection programs the way they're playing. How about this? That core four that you talked about, Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander. Combined numbers against Florida. Zero goals, two even strength points, minus 10. And they take up how much of the percentage of the salary cap? What, but what, and I, I mentioned Nugent Hopkins, you threw a Nylander. Yeah, same thing. Like I didn't, I, I wasn't making a mistake there because I'm watching the Oilers series and I can lump Nugent Hopkins into that too. He's been, he stands for, uh, R&H stands for Ryan Nod here. But what right. I don't, what I don't understand with, uh, with, um, uh, Nylander is in the regular season, he, he plays differently. Like he, he wants to, he wants to take a cab around it instead of go through it, if you know what I mean. I do. I do. But then you look at that winning goal and TJ Brody, who they brought over in a trade, who they gave some money to. Um, where was he? Mm-hmm. Where was he? Just to sleep at the wheel. Like this has been, it's easy, like it's easy to point fingers at one or two people. Um, I, I always like the NCAA line, Ballsy. They would call this a lack of institutional control. Like, the blood's on a lot of hands right now. Um, I'll just say this. It, it hasn't happened since 2014, and Mike Richards has been part of two teams that have come back from 3 And I thought Richards made a really interesting point. He was interviewed in the Toronto Sun. Remember Richards with Philly? They were down three zip to Boston 2010. Yep. They came back and won. Then with the Kings, they were down 0-3 to the Sharks in the first round. Ended up coming back and winning the Stanley Cup. Um, Richard says at this point, it's more mental than anything else. Well, and it's true. And you know what's interesting? And I'm glad you brought that up. And I'll reference my... Uh my favorite team, the Edmonton Oilers. My son and I were on the couch last night watching that thing, and we couldn't believe it. Like, the first game, whatever, yeah, it was sloppy both ways, and, and Vegas wins. The Oilers absolutely dominated in Vegas. And I'm thinking, okay, if they play like that, look out. And then they come out, and it looked like it was a late October game. Like, they could give two you-know-whats about the game. And I just... It's wild how one game doesn't translate to another game in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And analytics and all that stuff, it goes out the window. It goes out the window. Because, look, all of that is based on all the analytics, all the stats is based on a sample size of 82. So when you condense everything into a seven-game series, all your projections go out the window. It's almost like you're playing the stock market. You're like, okay, over the long period of time, over one year or two or three or five, we know what the stock's going to do. That's why they say don't ride the roller coaster of just you know checking it every day for a week or ten days. Guess what? That's what the playoffs are. The playoffs are the exact roller coaster. So at this point, the binder doesn't matter. The analytics don't matter. It's going out and executing. Look, the Leafs, the Leafs by metrics should be winning this series. They've run into a hot goaltender. Things haven't gone their way, and they're down 3 I mean, it, it can happen that quick. So CFL rookie camps are underway across the league. Quarterbacks are in the building. Our own Trevor Harris took the receivers out for a pedicure. <laughs> That's kind of got, there you go. Kind of neat. Yeah, yeah. I really like his leadership so far. A lot of eyes on the left coast with uh, VA. 
He has uh, bounced around, never seemed to be. He's always around the cusp of being the guy, but then they find somebody else to be the guy. He gets to be the first man up to replace Nathan Rourke. That's going to be very interesting. It really is. And, you know, he was very forthcoming with the media in Vancouver today. I watched his press conference, Ballsy. And, look, he's been through it. And and I, I think when you come in, if if Vernon Adams hadn't been a franchise quarterback already, if he hadn't been a starting quarterback already, if he hadn't taken a team to the playoffs already, it might be a different scenario. The other thing is he came in midseason and he says, now I just have such a better understanding of this system. So, you know, I know the language. I know the terminology. I know what this, this offense is all about. That's going to help me significantly. I, you know, it's it's an older, it's a wiser, it's a guy who's been through it. All of these things, I think, will really help him there. The question is, is he a franchise quarterback? And you know what's going to happen at every turn, every ball, every throw, every start, every struggle. Everyone's just going to be saying he's not Nathan Rourke. He's not Nathan Rourke. And I'm interested to see how Vernon is going to handle that. Yeah, as you know, as the season unfolds. Okay, so I got a question for you. Who's got the more? Who's got more pressure? Vernon Adams, Jake Mayer, Trevor Harris. Oh, that's a great question. I would probably say Trevor Harris, and I think Trevor Harris is in the toughest situation of them all. Toughest situation because he's coming in to learn a new offense, a new terminology, and it's going to happen quick. So that that's the toughest thing is that right away you got to come in and you're almost starting from scratch trying to ner- learn a new language. So I think he's in the toughest situation. He, I think he's got the most pressure because everybody in Ryderville, their their butts are on the line this year because it's win or else. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there's a little bit of job stability in Vancouver for the people in charge. They they have a little bit more, you know. A little bit more staying power, and I don't see Calgary making a quarterback change um, at all this year. Who else do they have in the mix? Yeah, yeah. Well, they got the tall. What's the tall kid's name? The guy that ran for eight million yards against the Zinger that last. The, the, the tall guy. The the Calgary Stampeders tall quarterback. What the hell? Oh, name? that. Oh. You know who I'm talking about. The big. Oh, what's his name? It slipped my mind. It's a Some, big lurchy. Somebody's going to text. Zinger will look it up. Anyway, hey, before we let you go, Joe Cap passing away. Uh, he was uh, great on both sides of the border college player, NFL guy, CFL guy. Yeah, and what a character. Um, you know, I think the modern fan will remember him for the aftermath of the Angelo Mosca thing. Yeah. But yeah, both sides of the border. Ballsy, I was, I was looking up Joe Cap. And this is how much things have changed. So he was in the CFL for a while. He began with Calgary. He was in Calgary for a year or two, and then he went to BC for like five or six years. And then he went down to the Vikes. And in those days, the gap in salary wasn't that different. Matter of fact, sometimes the CFL paid more than the NFL. Mm -hmm. So when Joe Cap signed with the Vikings... That allowed a Canadian receiver named Jim Young to come to BC because they almost had to make a trade for Joe to go down to Minnesota. Somebody had to come back up to Vancouver. And Jim Young, that receiver, 
ended up in the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. It's crazy, man. What a great story. Hey, by the way, it was Tommy Stevens we were trying to remember. That was the big, big, tall quarterback from uh, Mississippi uh, Valley, or Mississippi uh, State University, pardon me. All right, Arash, thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it, okay? Have yourself a great day. You too, Balls. Just one last thing on Cap. Yeah. Just because, you know. Yep. Only quarterback to play in the Rose Bowl, Grey Cup, and Super Bowl. Canadian Football Hall of Famer. U.S. College Football Hall of Famer. BC Sports Hall of Famer, and his number twenty-two has been retired by the Lions. And and a list on a list with the likes of George Blanda, Y.A. Tittle, uh, Nick Foles, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, uh, seven touchdowns in one NFL game passing. Amazing, crazy. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right, bud. Yeah. We'll be back with more of the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on six twenty CKRM. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on six twenty CKRM. Marcusel looks to center and Parham's to Eichel. He tried to sweep it towards the net. It's out in front. Marcusel a try. Score! The answer by Vegas. And at long last, Marcusel finds the back of the net. Exactly what Bruce Cassidy was hoping to see. Across and gets a return. Eichel to the toe drag. Eichel out in front. Score! Eichel the playmaker. Marcusel does it again. And Jonathan Marcia so man, I'm getting too excited. Two goals last night against the Edmonton Oilers. And those Vegas Golden Knights, they returned the favor that Edmonton delivered to them in game two. Five to one, the final score. Jonathan Marcheseau, your sports cage clutch performer for Nick Service in Emerald Park. Your local Messi Ferguson challenger, rogue eater, gleaner, and fan dealer. Give them a call at 781-1077. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Hey, uh, Zinger. This is the song the Vegas Golden Knights danced to in the locker room after the game after last After they win, yeah. Chandler Stevenson, who's a friend of the show, couldn't hit water from a boat when he played for the Pats. <laughs> and now he's the like he's just scoring at will. <laughs> That was terrible. Terrible effort by the Edmonton Oilers. Tonight there are two games. The uh, Carolina Hurricanes taking on the Joy Z Devils at the Rock. I've kinda... You've been there. What's the Rock like? Yeah. The dump? It's... No, it's... it's is it's it better new. than Winnipeg's rink? Yes. Winnipeg's rink is at the bottom barrel. The concourse is, is probably as thin as this hallway in front really? of us. Really? Yeah. Horrible. So, so Prudential Center's okay? Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice arena. What's the area like around there? Oh, it's it's dumpy. Yeah, I mean, it's Jersey. It's Jersey. Who'd yeah. want to play in Jersey? I've really got it. The three worst cities to play in the NHL. Yeah, Buffalo, Buffalo, Jersey. Winnipeg, and Jersey. Yeah, I've gotten into this Dallas Seattle series for some reason. Have you? Yeah, like I the I, battle of ugly unis. I haven't watched any NHL all year long, and all yeah. of a sudden, like I'm I'm looking forward to watching Dallas and Seattle. Like, what's that about? Our buddy Ebbs. Someone needs to check my. Actually, pulse. Dallas's unis aren't bad. Seattle's no, gross. no, no, no. We discussed yeah, this. I mean, Dallas's yeah, no. are no, no. They need some gold in there. Hey, uh, Arash, like Brett Hall era. Yeah, Brett or uh, Arash brought up a good. Uh, they never had gold in Brett Hall's era. But well, yeah, the no, the, they didn't. The shiny gold. What are you talking no, about? Not the yellow gold. The shiny. Remember when their jerseys were like? Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You're yes, right. I am right. I know my unis. <laughs> you get all mad about uniforms. <laughs> so. 
question me about that. That is hilarious. Uh, so anyway, uh, what do you make of what Arash had to say about Trevor Harris coming in here? He probably does have the most pressure amongst quarterbacks. New offense, new offensive coordinator. Everybody's job's on the line. He signed a big ticket contract. He does have a lot of pressure on him when you put it that way. It's, uh, it was a good uh, comment there from Arash. He does have a lot of pressure on him. There's no denying it. Do you think I mean, he's got more than uh, Vernon Adams? Uh, no, I don't think so. Because I think if Trevor Harris has a down year, I still think Trevor Harris is a starting quarterback in the league in 2024. But if Vernon Adams Jr. has a down year, I think uh, this is his last chance to be a starting quarterback in the CFL. So to answer your question, I think Trevor Harris has a longer leash. So uh, I don't think there's as much pressure. On Mr. Trevor okay. Harris. You like that? Okay, I can. that's good. Way yeah. to put that. Very astutely put, my There we go. Very astutely put. You finally woke up. Wow, man, it's good. Bit. There's one slice of pizza left there. <laughs> okay. CFL report coming up, and then we'll hear from the voice of the Minnesota Twins on the radio, Corey Provis. Twins getting set to take on my San Diego Padres. Twins are the closest MLB team to Saskatchewan. That's why we check in with Corey. Uh, he said, how close are you to Saskatoon? I said... <laughs> Uh, two hours, I'll be there for three weeks. He goes, oh, outstanding. So he knows his Saskatchewan stuff. He even says Regina right when we, when I talk to him. We'll, uh, so. we'll talk to Corey Provis coming up here in a few minutes' time here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 431 with the sports ticker, and it's for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will treat you right. All you have to do is just pick up the phone and give them a call at 781 781- 2090. Two games in the National Hockey League playoffs tonight. Carolina Hurricanes, New Jersey Devils. That's a 5 p.m. puck drop Saskatchewan time. So exactly 29 minutes from right now, although that's probably wrong. They'll probably drop the puck at what, like 5, 10 p.m. Saskatchewan time, something like that. Dallas, Seattle tonight. That's a 7.30 p.m. puck drop. And uh, that series, of course, Seattle leading it. Two games to one. Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report, a look at what's happening in our three-down game. And on today's installment, we catch up with the color commentator of the BC Lions Radio Network, Julio Caravada, to talk about Season 1, minus Nathan Rourke, and how that quarterback competition might shake out at training camp. And Vernon... Obviously, you know, he had that one year in 2019. Um, I expect that he's going to be much more comfortable and at ease with the offense this year. I think what he put, got put into last year was a very difficult situation being treated or traded halfway through the year and having to learn an entire new offense. And I think this year, I think Jordan McSimmick, the offensive coordinator, I think he's in a good spot because I think he's been able to go back and see what he does and what makes him successful and, and build an offense around his skill set. And also, as you said, you know, you, when you get Dane Evans, like these, these guys are proven, right? Like they're, they, they've had success in this league. And obviously Dane had an off year last year, but you hope he can return to form. And, and as you said, you, you know, you, you have to feel good about having two quarterbacks um, going into the season and, and saying to yourself that, hey, these two guys are going to give us a chance to win every week. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm interested to see uh, how things shake down in BC. How's the interest been minus Nathan Rourke? I know Omar Doman's doing a good job, not only with uh, yeah. the Lions, but SFU too. Yeah, well, I think too, like I I get the sense Omar is uh, 
has really, you know, elevated his profile. Not only, you know, obviously, what he's doing with the Lions and, you know, he's, he's innovative. He's not, he's not afraid to, and most importantly, to spend money uh, on trying to get people into the stadium. And I think given, you know, his stand with SFU football and, and what he's been able to do, um, I think has really elevated uh, his profile. And I, all I hear is people want to support him. You know, I mean, they're, they're really, you know, grateful that they have someone like that in, in the city that's really trying to make football work. And uh, I would imagine that uh, if the team can get off to a good start, that you're going to see people, you know, very interested in the team. And uh, that's, that's exciting. You know, I feel like we're going through a new cycle here. Like sometimes we go up and then obviously when Nathan was here, there was some real, real, you know, excitement. He loses and people are like, well, you know, what's it going to be like? And I think if they can get off to a good start, that, uh, that that excitement's going to continue to build because it's just such a great value, too, for your dollar. And the CFL Report brought to you by our friends at Kevin's Marine. Make the most of summer with a boat or pontoon from Kevin's Marine in Fort Coppell. Check them out online at kevinsmarine.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at SportsCage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. show is brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries, the main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. Time to check in with our friend Corey Provis, Minnesota Twins outstanding radio announcer. And, uh, yeah, my Padres are in town to take on the Twins. We'll get to San Diego in a second. Uh, so far, your thoughts on the first-place Minnesota Twins, Corey? Well, for the first time probably since the Johan Santana days, um, you're, you're talking about the strength of, of a Twins team at this point of the season uh, being on the mound. I mean, that, that is why the Twins are in first place. You know, as we approach the 40-game mark, the starting staff has been fantastic. The starters are, are pitching more innings right now than any team in baseball. They've completely flipped that stat from from a year ago, even the past couple of seasons. So the starting pitching has been great. The bullpen's been good. What has been disappointing has been the offense. Uh, you know, the Twins offensively have been inconsistent, and and then right now they lead all the baseball in the strikeouts. And if they if they just can bring the strikeout number to even average-ish, then this team is bound to go on a pretty good run because the starting pitching looks to be, you know, something that is sustainable, and maybe some signs are coming around with, with a few of the hitters that, you know, some of these better swings and line drives will be base hits, will be home runs. But until we start to see that, it's hard to just, you know, play that, that guessing game. It's kind of interesting, isn't it, Corey? Because you look at their stats, at least the last ones I saw, they're like 27th in uh, OBP. Uh, yet they're the top half of the league in runs scored, yet they don't steal many bases. It's because they're hitting home runs. I mean that that's what the Twins have been doing. They they just had a they just had a streak snapped on Sunday where they homered in 18 straight games. One home run in 18 straight games. That set a, a franchise record. So, you know, they're scoring almost half of their runs. Like 49% of their runs are coming by the home run ball, and that percentage leads all of baseball. So that's great when you're hitting home runs in bunches, but then when you're scoring one or two or three runs a game, you know, you're, you're just not getting that big crooked number. Now, uh, you know, going back to the, to the last homestand, though, the run scoring picked up there a little bit. You know, they were scoring about six or seven runs per game, but that was only over a five or six game span. And then we saw the offense struggle on the last road trip. And, 
look, you, you can't blame the weather anymore. I mean, the weather was cold. Uh, that's done. Now we've got 70s. We've got 80s coming up here the rest of this homestand. So it, 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 it's time now. It's time now for the bats to put the balaclavas away, to put the heaters away, to put the hand warmers away. And let's get out there and rake in some better conditions. This is the outstanding radio voice of the Minnesota Twins. Corey Provis joining us here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Uh, is there a surprising guy or two, uh, either good or bad, so far early on for this team? Yeah, I think bad. I mean, Carlos Correa is not performing uh, at his at his level. Um, you know, that, that certainly is surprising. But similar to his start last year, too. He didn't get off to a great start. Then, you know, May, he turned his season, you know, back to where you normally see him post. You know, his, his April in 2022, his OPS was in the mid-600s. Then in May, it was at up near 850. So hopefully he follows that same trajectory here in the month of May, even though he's still been quiet here the first, you know, seven or eight games so far this month. Jose Miranda's, you know, not hitting uh, at, at the level that, that he expects, that many expect. He's striking out. At a higher rate, Christian Vasquez has been fine defensively. He's been really good defensively. He's a big part of why I think the staff is doing well, but he's been pretty quiet at the plate. So I think there's many guys, I think, on the offensive end that have been disappointing. On the pitching side of things, I mean, Sonny Gray looks amazing. Uh, he's a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, he just suffered his first loss, and he had his worst inning of the year over the weekend in Cleveland, but still kept his team in the game. Joe Ryan has a couple of new pitches that, that, that have been have been fantastic. He's pitched great. So I, I think that those are encouraging signs, but it's just about, you know, some of the hitters that, that I think everybody was counting on to do more, and they just haven't yet at this point. You've just described the San Diego Padres. The pitching was maybe a concern coming in, uh, the back end of the rotation, and the, the pitching's been pretty good. It's the bats, the surprisingly, that haven't been great. Yeah, I saw that. I know some low-scoring games uh, against the Dodgers over the weekend, but I, I still think that this is going to be a San Diego team that's going to win 90-plus games. I just they're going to go on on a run here. You know, Fernando Tatis Jr. looks amazing at the plate in right field. Um, you know that that's that's encouraging. I think for all baseball fans and certainly Padre fans, but the, the lineup is too good. Uh, these guys have too good of a track record to stay where they're at. So I'm glad the Twins are playing them now. Not to say it's going to be easy, but mm-hmm. I think in a month or two, I mean, this this is going to be a team that's going to have, at some point here, probably a 20-win month and, and just go on a run. And uh, I'm, I'm glad the Twins are playing them now because, you know, I, I think this is going to be a beast of a team here when you get to midsummer. We're a sixth through the season, Corey. I've asked other guys like this uh, or this question, too. So when's your kind of... Uh threshold where you're like okay this is what this team is going to be like when should people start if you're a fan base start to okay now i'm gonna this is a 500 team and this is what it's going to be i think the 40 game mark is pretty fair and maybe that's you know kind of boring but i think the 40 game mark um is kind of a good place to go the, the you know the quarter turn if you will in the season i think that's fair the only the only caveat that i think to that is what is your, what does your roster look like at 40 games? Are you missing, you know, two starters? Are you missing, you know, a starting first baseman? Are you missing a corner outfielder that maybe you're going to get back in the next week, two weeks, three weeks, what have you? And then things maybe can turn around. You just hope that you're not out of it. I mean, the the AL Central is the worst division in baseball. I mean, once again, I mean, just look at the, the winning percentage of the division. It's been it's been poor. The Twins, the only team 
over 500, the only team with a positive run differential. And the hot team right now in the division is, is Detroit. And they put up six runs in Cleveland. Uh, and a win on Monday night, the Twins didn't even score six runs the entire weekend, you know, in hmm. Cleveland. Uh, they dropped two out of three. It, I, it's not mathematically impossible, but it's, it's unrealistic to think that two teams are going to come out of this division and make the playoffs. So, you know, to get to October, it may just take 85, 87, 88 wins uh, to win the Central and to get into the tournament. And at that point, expectations will be, will, will be lowered because, uh, you know, you're not going to win 90-plus games probably to get in. But I, I think the more you look at it, it's going to be really challenging to get more than one team out of this division into the MLB playoffs. Corey, uh, from your perch, last question. From your perch, last time we talked, uh, it was uh, it was spring training, a lot of unknowns with the rules. How you liking new baseball right now? I love it. I, I love it. The games are going fast, and I, I have two young kids. My, my son's nine, my daughter's seven, and they're busy with activities. And so for these you know, 610, 640 games central time, I can get home sometimes by, you know, 9 o'clock, you know, 8.45, 9 o'clock, a little bit after 9, and there's a chance my kids still might be up. Uh, if not, they're, they're probably just in the bed, and I can have a quick conversation with them, give them a kiss, and, you know, see them uh, in a way that I couldn't see them earlier. So more than anything else, I think about it, you know, probably selfishly, and uh, from, a, from a being a dad and a husband, uh, just to be a little bit more present in their lives, I think is is an absolute win. And I think for baseball it's a win. Remember as a kid, uh, whatever sport you were watching, it was a late game and your parents are like, oh, okay, I'll let you stay up or no, it's going to be too late. Maybe that's going to work to baseball's favor with, you know, even little younger kids getting to stay up to watch the games because they move faster. Yeah, you know, maybe so. And also I, I think too, you know, as, as school winds down and you know, especially, you know, maybe you, you can you can relate to this in Regina, but but here it's about, you know, cabins and people, you know, going up north uh, in the summertime. So maybe, you know, sneaking to Target Field for a few innings and, and then maybe making their, their way up north uh, to, their, to their summer experience, what, what have you, I think, you know, opens up that possibility too because you're not, you're not locking in for a three-and-a-half, four-hour commitment anymore. It's more probably like two-and-a-half, three hours max. Um, so I think that's, that's part of the balance that, that I think everybody was looking you know, forward to. The one knock you know, I'll say is, and this is, the games have been flying, that's great, but maybe uh, they look at the extra inning rule differently in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea of going to that, that the runner at second base once you start the 10th inning, you know, maybe you play two more innings out. You know, since the games are averaging like 235, 238, maybe play another inning or two. And then when you get to the 12th, then maybe you start, you know, with the runner at second base. I, I think I'd be more inclined to see that. Um, not that you see too many extra inning games, but since the games are moving faster, maybe that's something that, that the game will, will take a look at and perhaps adjust in the future. I agree. That's a great point, Corey, because I watched that Padres-Dodgers game. It was the last one of the series. It was 2-1 to one Padres. A Betts hits a homer to tie it, and then all heck breaks loose in the 10th, and the Dodgers turn a pretty tight, good baseball game into, it wasn't a blow, but it was a 5-2 game. I, I agree with you. About the 11th or the 12th, maybe uh, you do that. Yeah, maybe even one more inning. You know, I'll start there. Just you know, play it out just a little bit longer. If there was no, if we didn't see a big, you know, a difference in time of game, then okay, I, I get it because nobody wants to play these, you know, four-hour games. Uh, I, I get that. But since the games are moving along a little bit, 
I, you know, I, I'd be I'd be a fan of just trying out. Start at, at, at the tenth inning, and if you want to get to the eleventh, that's fine too. Um, just to try it out, keep playing a little bit more before you start with that lead man at second base. I agree. Hey, always enjoy your work, and thanks for taking time out of your schedule on a game day. I appreciate it. Have a good call. All right, thank you. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage here on 620 CKRM. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thanks for making us part of your day. We do appreciate it. The show is brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries, the main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. Can text us at 936-6262 for the Capital Auto Group, like Tommy Stevens and Lake uh, TC and Medicine Hat. That he said it's Tommy Stevens, the guy you were thinking about in Calgary, the big tall quarterback. So uh, out of Mississippi State University, Brad and Regina says ballsy. Who would have thought Willie Fleming would be the last man standing between uh, that big uh, brouhaha back in the day between Willie Fleming, Angela Mosca, and now Joe Cap, who passed away. Guy was a CFL advocate, Cap, uh, putting down the haters right to the last time I saw him at a charity event in Minnesota, and uh, we were doing that thing: skip it or see it. You know, something you should see or skip. Uh, this from Logan. He sends a text in. Thanks, Logan. Skip it. The whole state of New Mexico. Ah! Never been to New Mexico. Breaking Bad. Have you ever watched that show? No. Is no. that where it's from? Yep. Hmm. Albuquerque. 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 I was all. I was always intrigued what New Mexico would be like, but uh, I think it he, looks a whole lot like Arizona. He probably. says skip it. I think it's probably the poor version of Arizona. Yeah, probably right. Anyway, let's uh, talk to old money bags on the phone line here. That it would be Brian Raymond at Flowing Springs. Hi, Brian. How's it going? It's going great. Good. So, what do you think of uh, Bedard not going to your Habs, but going to the Blackhawks? Well, I, I guess it was inevitable. It was going to be one of those three teams. I was kind of hoping he'd go to Anaheim because he fit in nicely with all those uh, really good young players mm-hmm. they've got there now. But. Uh, He's going to be the face of the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. You know, uh, Taves and Kane. Kane, the last guy they had, number one overall in 2007. He's replacing those guys. He probably would have had a a quicker start to his career in Anaheim or imagine him playing with the likes of uh, Johnny Hockey and Line in Columbus. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would have been a great opportunity for him. But now the good news is for Chicago, mm-hmm. they've got a ton of money uh, available under the salary cap, so they can probably you know sign some free agents and bring some people in that can maybe help them a little bit. Mm-hmm. How do you like uh, that setup? Where and I, I'm an Oilers fan, so I'm reaping the benefits right now as a fan having Drysaddle and McDavid under their you know where they got the eight year restriction basically, unless you give away all your draft picks to sign them in restricted free agency. How do you feel about that? Like Bedard's going to be under control for a while now well i think it gives the team an opportunity let's face it not everybody who gets drafted first overall or even in the first round makes it to the national hockey league and there have been some famous ones over the years so it gives the team an opportunity to not have to fork over a ton of money uh, before they find out if a young player can even play yeah hey brian you've been a hockey scout so you're uh, great to talk to about this do you think he's Connor mcdavid like people are saying so i listen i love bedard i watched him as you did called a few of his games here on access i i don't see him as good as mcdavid but he definitely has a shot that would be in the upper echelon of the nhl right now i think that he is as good as mcdavid but in a different way the, the big uh, attribute that McDavid has is his incredible speed and his ability to do things at speed. But Connor Bedard has 
a mind that's just absolutely made for hockey. He, if you, you've watched him, Mike, yep. he, he makes passes, and you're going, where, how did he find that guy? How did he know he was there? I mean, he knows what's going to happen before it even happens. How many times have you seen him intercept a pass or take a, a, a puck away from a guy, you know, because he anticipates that? He, his, just, his mind is amazing, mm. and that might be the best attribute that he's got. It's remarkable as a scout. You know, you've seen all these guys and maybe talked to a few of them coming up. For what he did in this generation with social media and everything like that and uh, the rock star mentality that surrounded him, to do what he did and be humble and keep it on the rail is pretty, uh, pretty cool. Well, it speaks to his family and his upbringing. Uh, you know, they've done an amazing job with him. And, uh, you know, he's well-grounded. Uh, he's got a good family background. Uh, still plays for his grandfather, who just passed away about a little over a year ago. So, yeah. you know, he, he's an amazing kid. No question about it in, in every way. How the hell can you play one game one way and then another game the other way in, in the playoffs? Look at Edmonton. 5-1, they win. 5-1, they lose. It looked like it was an October game, and they didn't care. Like, it's amazing how it's been up. These playoffs have been wacky. Well, they have been wacky, and, and but part of the problem, part of the, I shouldn't say a problem, but part of the uh, the uh, the issue is that there's so much parity now, and and your stars have to come and they have to play every night and they have to do their job every night, and the lesser lights have to do their job, and if if it doesn't get off to the right foot, I mean, it, it's you know you're behind the eight ball if you don't get the first goal or, or at least get a lead sometime early in the game. Mm, yeah, for sure. Well, let's talk some golf, man. Uh, how are things looking out there at uh, Flowing Springs? We have some great news. Right now, we're just open on the driving range from 9 to 6 every day, but this Friday at 8 o'clock, the golf course opens on 18 holes for the season. Oh, that is outstanding. That's music to my ears. How about hiring? You are looking to hire some people last time we were talking. Greens are probably better than I've seen them at this time of year in a long, long time. And uh, the course is, is starting to come. You can see the green coming through the, the grass now. We just need a little bit of heat. All right, man. If they want to book a, a tea time, oh, that sounds good to say. How do they go about doing it? <laughs> Give us a call at 543-5050, or you can book online at flowingspringsgolf.com. And don't just take your damn clubs. Go get some lessons. Like sometimes, you, you know, you forget. You get on that bike and you kind of wobble around. You want to you wanna be ready to go hit the ground running they can get lessons too absolutely they can get lessons and of course we have the fabulous all grass driving range oh, we, can, yeah. we can put about uh, 50 people out there at a time so lots of room give us a call come on out we'll look after you thanks brian take care man take care that's brian raymond out of flowing springs and we will talk to him once again on thursday are you a golf guy like i i like golfing but i'm not good at, there's one thing listen i can stand I can call a hockey game on TV and and you know you know people are paying attention to you and you know millions are listening to the show right now and I never get nervous but the most unnatural uh, thing is to stand on a tee box with every with the other three people watching you swing I suck at that No I don't I don't golf man No No a couple of years ago I bought a whole brand new set of clubs with yeah. it in my mind that I was going to pick up golfing yeah. you just can't pick up golfing it's just if you want to be good at golf you have to have a big time commitment and I just said nope Are you lefty or righty Righty I put them on Virage sale, and I sold those clubs. 
You're a lefty? I'm a lefty. Oh, what the heck? It's the only way to, this guy's a lefty. It's the only yeah. way to shoot, like <laughs> Mike Weir and Phil Mickelson, man. Wayne Gretzky was a lefty, right? Are you are you are you literally falling asleep there? Like your eyes are barely open. Like what is wrong with you? You you know my backstory. Is man. this show as boring as I as you make it you look? You know my backstory. Uh, what has happened in my circle within the yeah. past couple hours? Yeah. So you take are you it, going home you, and sleeping? Yeah, you take it easy on me. I'm very <laughs> fragile. Hey, coming up, Corey Atkinson with the news, and on the other side, Bob <laughs> Stoffer from the Edmonton Oilers Radio Network. Let's talk about that pathetic performance last night by the Oilers here on the Sports Cage on six twenty CKRM. Sports talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host Michael Ball. And away we go. Last hour, apparently. Bob Stoffer and I got our signals crossed. He thought it was tomorrow. I uh, thought it was today. He's tied up till 5.30. So, Zinger, you're on deck tomorrow with Bob Stoffer, the Edmonton Oilers. We'll talk some Edmonton Oilers. You put his feet to the fire. He's the color commentator. He works for the team, so he's not... He has been critical of them. Uh, all due respect and kudos to him. That was a pathetic performance last night against the Vegas Golden Knights. This is my McDavid, question. McDavid didn't show up. Dreisaitl didn't show up. Now, in fairness to them, they've showed up many nights, so maybe they can have a night off. Ryan Nugent Hopkins stands for Ryan Not Here. He's in witness protection program. Ekholm played terribly. Bouchard looked like the Bouchard from uh, November through February. It wasn't Skinner's fault. Um, it, it was basically Zach Hyman and Warren Fogle were the only two dudes that showed up. So the Oilers got to step it up tomorrow. Now they say, hey, we always bounce back. But sooner or later, you can't take that for granted. And if they go down 3-1 of the nights, they could be done for sure. Skinner did kind of, I mean, he should have saved that one. I mean, yeah, the he, one he by kinda, one. He kind of one by the one, What are you talking about? <laughs> the one by White Cloud he should have stopped. But you, and there's the other thing. Was Bruce, that the one that went over his shoulder? Yeah, yeah that's okay. when he should stop. And you know that. Brassois, Brassois goes down to an injury. They bring this Aiden Hill guy in, and he made like 27 saves or something like that, but a lot of them were from the outside. The Oilers just had no jam last night. It looked like it was a how late, go, late October game they didn't care about. How do you, how do you win 5-1 to one and then come back the next game? Like, how does that... I don't get Lose that. Lose 5-1. The exact same teams playing each yeah. other. Like, hockey is just weird. Well, is, it, is it just the luck of the puck, or what is it? Well, I don't know. That doesn't make no sense Well, then the refs missed two high stickings. They didn't cost the Oilers, but one high stick, Vegas got away with, and then they went down and scored a goal on that same play. So uh, it's it's a back-and-forth type of deal. Uh, tonight, there are two games. Carolina takes on Jersey. I got Jersey evening the series tonight. Do you? Yeah, I do. And then Dallas taking on Seattle. I actually, you know what? I Initially, I had said Dallas is going to even it. Seattle's going to win tonight. No, no. Emerald I, I City. I don't know. I, I think... I You're think, into that series. Yeah, for some reason, I like that series. Don't ask me why. I watch, yeah. I've watched. i watched almost every minute. Oh, do you know why? It's why? because they're all uh, on late. That's why. Oh, it's late. And you got everybody to bed, hey? Yeah. Okay, let's Enjoy talk about life. let's talk about the uh, strength of schedule for the uh, NFL. The, now, oh now, yeah, the schedule comes out now, on Thursday. Thursday night, but we do know we don't know the specific dates and times yet. But we know the team's home and road opponents for next season. So here are what many people feel are the teams with the toughest strength of schedule. Okay, well, number one, 
The Philadelphia Eagles. They do have, judging by their opponent's winning percentage from last year, 566 is the winning percentage. So they have the toughest um, schedule next year. Now, it's hard. It's, this is kind of like... Uh, you don't know. It's it's very way out there. Like mm-hmm. you, you can't be. What else can you go by though? This yeah, is what you have to right. go by. So, so here's the most intriguing game for them. I think home game: the 49ers, Eagles, and Niners growing into quite a rivalry following their clash in the NFC Championship game, when basically they didn't have a quarterback. The Niners. Um, the uh, rematch affords Philadelphia a chance to prove that its win in January wasn't a fluke and give San Francisco a chance to show what could have been had they had a healthy quarterback. That will be probably Trey Lance, right? Because Brock Purdy won't be good to go. Most intriguing road game for the Philadelphia Eagles? Well, the Super Bowl rematch, the Kansas City uh, Chiefs. That could be the Thursday nighter to kick off the, there you the go. season there you go. on so September th- 7th, so which is also my son's birthday. Nice. A uh, second hardest schedule. Uh, in terms of opponents' win percentage from the year before, the Miami Dolphins at 554. The most intriguing home game is the Bills. Miami and Buffalo played three times last season, each game decided by three or less. The Dolphins' only win of those games uh, come at home, and their best chance at beating the Bills in 2023 is likely at Hard Rock Stadium. So there you go. Most intriguing road game for the Dolphins at the Ravens. What better way to truly test the revamped secondary led by Jalen Ramsey than against the newly signed Lamar Jackson and his new cast of receivers with Odell Beckham mm, Jr.? Yeah, that's a stretch. I don't really care about that. Maybe some people do. Well, that'll be a good game. Not, yeah, it'll be. I'm not going to go out of my way and be like, oh, I got to make sure I see, you know, Odell, Odell Beckham go up against yeah. Jalen. Like, come on. Now, I've got uh, three. There are three teams that are. Like these are the teams with the uh, the top five teams with the hardest schedule, but these guys are all tied with their opponents having a five forty nine win percentage from last year. Okay, um, the Dallas Cowboys, their most intriguing home game, the Lions. This one could turn into a shootout with the offensive firepower each team has, um, and uh, most intriguing road game, Forty ers that's a big one for the Cowboys on their schedule. The 49ers have always been a thorn in the side for the Cowboys, including eliminating them in the playoffs. That will be a Monday nighter or Sunday yeah, nighter. Something like that, yeah. Uh, New England, they're also at 549 in terms of their opponent's winning percentage from last uh, year. Most intriguing game against the Jets. Belichick versus Rodgers. Does it get any more captivating than that, Zinger? Man, the New York Jets have not played on Sunday Night Football since 2011. Yeah. You, uh, you can bank on it. They're going to be playing That's probably that one. Sunday, Monday, Thursday. Yeah, yeah. They're just going to eat Most it up. Most intriguing right road game for the Patriots, the Steelers. Pittsburgh's one of the few teams in the NFL that's going to line up and bring the fight straight to the Patriots. If Bill O'Brien's new offense has any holes, the Steelers going to expose that offense. So we'll find out. And then, uh, this is surprising. The New York Giants also have a, a tough schedule with their opponents having a 549 win percentage from the year before. Their most intriguing home game would be the NFC East rival Dallas Cowboys. New York's been swept by Dallas for the past five seasons. Its only win during that span came at MetLife Stadium during the 2020 season. So if they could pick one game to win at home, it would be the Dallas Cowboys game. And their most intriguing road game, Brian Dable and the Giants go to Buffalo to take on his old team, the Bills, and he was the OC. Now, the Jets, Aaron Rodgers, they have the sixth toughest schedule. <laughs> yeah, my Bolts, the Chargers, have the uh, 12th toughest schedule. 
And the Green Bay Packers, your team, the 24th toughest schedule as it relates to opponents' winning percentage from last year. I think it was, I think it's like 449, the winning percentage facing Jordan Love and the Packers. Well, you got the Packers at this year for a record right now. Uh, first of all, I got a juicy matchup for you this year between the Packers. Packers and Las Vegas Raiders. Devontae Adams finally gets to play as an old team this year. In Green Bay or in... It's in Vegas. Okay. I think the Packers, I think they're going to finish... I think they're going to finish 10-7. and Are you serious? Yep. Yeah, I am serious. You think so? I I think they're they're dead last in their division. No, they're not going to be dead. Jordan Love is going to suck. They're going to be a way better team than they were last year. Okay, go ahead. The floor is here. Tell me why. No, I'll tell you you why right now. Because our offense won't be handcuffed by an old disgruntled man who... Basically takes control of the whole of the whole offense. It's not Matt Lafleur's offense. It's Aaron Rodgers. He's out the door now. So Matt Lafleur, he can actually call his own plays. And we got Jordan Love, and uh, it's just going to be a whole lot more smoother of a process. What more reasons do you need? We got great draft picks this year. We're ready to roll. Okay, what you're gonna what you're gonna tell me that Chicago Bears are going to win the division with Justin Fields, Detroit Lions. <laughs> The Detroit Lions? Detroit, Chicago, Minnesota, Green Bay. That's how they finish. Green Bay is not going to be finished. No. This is going to be the 1983 Green Bay Packers. Yes, it is. It's the pre-Magic Man Packers. No. Yeah. That that was the Lynn Dickey's Packers. Yeah. Yeah. Lynn Dickey. They were crappy. I have a Lynn Dickey jersey. Anyway, anyway, you know what's funny? You said, we're not going to be held back by a disgruntled aging man that controls everything. You just described me in the sports cage. (laughs) Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the sports cage. Right here on the mighty 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the sports cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries. The main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport culture and recreation groups we were asking you earlier skip skip it or see it somebody texted in and said skip the entire state of new mexico we're getting into vacation season singer you've been to some uh some great places traveling i would say see sofi stadium i would say skip la and beverly hills not even close beverly to hills not even close to worth not even close to worth it um um what else uh, i would say See Phoenix, I liked it, and see Chase Field. I wasn't at the uh, basketball stadium. You were. Hmm. Skip it or see it. Chase Field or the basketball Both. arena. Uh, Chase skip, Field is just okay. Skip Chase Field. It's it's probably bottom five in the majors, and the basketball arena is nice. It's just uh, had a renova- uh, renovation done a couple years ago. So give me some skips. You said Cincinnati's a skip. You said Cleveland's, Cleveland's a, skip. a skip. Cincinnati's a skip. The place sucks. Uh, we got uh, what? What was my other skips? Basically, the whole state of Ohio sucks. What about Pittsburgh? It's a C. Uh, Pittsburgh is a C. What about Philadelphia? Were you there? Yep, Philadelphia. That's a good. That's a good place. That's a good one. I okay. saw the Phillies there. Okay, so you, Philadelphia is good. Green Bay. Green, oh, come on. Green Bay is the mecca. Mm. Yeah, but I heard Milwaukee's a dump. My son was yeah, in Milwaukee. Yeah, Milwaukee. He said Milwaukee it's a dump. He said you'd skip that. Yeah, Milwaukee is a dump, but they got a nice new arena there. 
Are we talking like sports I'm or just, just in the general. city? Well, I'm talking in general. Well, I'd go to Milwaukee to see their new arena. Yeah, but the stadium, the city's a skip. No, yeah, that, that's that's a whole lot of crime there. You're gonna man. tell me all those Netflix documentaries that you find, yeah. you know, those crime ones. Like, I'm pretty sure that's where Jeffrey Dahmer was from. So uh, I think Milwaukee, he, I think he was. So B- Bengals, uh, their stadium's not good. Uh, I like it better than SoFi if I had a pick. Really? Yeah, because that's my type of stadium. It's a Midwestern I, 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 city. Yeah, I've stadium. told you this. I don't like to go to a stadium and feeling like I'm at a museum or something, you know? Felt like a Kyle cons- McIntyre texts in the commissioner. What's said, up, Kyle? You're wrong. Chase Park is a nice field. It seems a little dark to me no, and dingy. No. No, it's one. It's one of the lowest ones in the majors. I, I wasn't in it when this when the roof was open. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's better with the roof open. Have you been to KC at all? I haven't been to Kaufman, no. But like, you haven't been to Arrowhead or anything like that? No, I've never no. been to Kansas City. No, interesting. Tommy's on the text line says, "I'm with Zinger. Packers will definitely be better. Ten and seven sounds about right." Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Thank you, Tommy. What were they last year with the Hall of Famers or quarterback? I don't. Want, I don't. They I missed the playoffs. I've erased that. It's, yeah, of course. It doesn't matter anymore. Of course. Uh, if you're just matter. joining in, I got the Riders at ten and eight for their schedule. Now, what do you got for the Riders? Yeah, but you have the Riders losing the opening game yes, of the season. That is a that is a heartbreaker. But I haven't beaten Winnipeg in oh. week two. Yeah, and you have them winning the Labor Day Classic. Yeah. What do I got the Riders? I don't. I think ten and eight's pretty honest. That's an honest record. Uh, I would like to see them hovering around eleven and seven because that would mean you know maybe first place in the making. So I want you to think about this because I got. Uh, I want you to. Th- I'm going to ask Suter this. I want you to think about this for Thursday when we're back doing the show together because I'm taking Wednesday Friday off. What am I thinking about? I want you to come up with one storyline for each team going into training camp. One storyline for each e- team. Each CFL team going into no, training camp. That's okay? a good one. Okay. Hey, uh, check this out. So the. Uh, I've only watched two basketball games this year. The very first Bucks uh, <laughs> Heat playoff game when Giannis bruised his tailbone and missed basically the rest of the playoffs because he's soft as puppy poo. Mm. And then I watched last night Lakers come back and beat the uh, Warriors to make it one, yeah. three games to one. There are yeah. some people in the media suggesting that the L.A. Lakers with 38-year-old LeBron, who, by the way, I don't like. He's too preachy and too much of a phony, in my opinion. Yeah, but, you could always tell that yeah. he thinks the camera's on him. Huh? Yeah, he's a Phony, but, He's a phony. But I will tell you this. What he is doing as a 38-year-old man in basketball is very impressive. Basketball athletes and offensive and defensive linemen in football are the best athletes in sports. Yeah, but this day and age, like how... You know how much at physicality do you have to do in basketball? Years, at 30, you touch a guy with your toenail, yeah. you get a foul. True. I mean, what are we talking? But you don't about think here? what you don't think what LeBron's doing no, is more yeah, impressive yeah. than what Tom Brady's doing. Uh, with all that said and done, I still think it's okay. Impressive. So anyway, I want to see him play with Bronny. What do you think of this? What do you think of this? A couple of media types are suggesting that the Los Angeles Lakers rest their starters for Game 5 and have it full bore Game 6 at home to win the series against Golden State. What do I have think? you heard anything so stupid in your life? What, what do I think of it? I think that is insulting to sports, and I think that's insulting to competition. That's what I think. If that happens, I'm canceling my NBA League Pass, and I'm probably not going to watch basketball for the rest of the the playoffs because that's come on like <laughs> that makes me want to cry like what, crazy. What, what do you play all the regular season for what this is the playoffs you're going to cheat the you're not you're going to cheat the fans you're going to cheat everybody that goes to the stadium to watch you because you're on load management in the playoffs <laughs> 
Are you okay? Yeah, it's like, what, what are we coming to <laughs> well, here? Well, it, it is pathetic. It is actually pathetic. The NBA regular season is the most useless regular season of all the professional sports. What, the NBA? That's a man, the NBA. It's the worst. Yeah. It's the worst. I mean, Major League Baseball's too long, but the load management and the crap they do, it's it's crazy, man. No, I, I agree with you with the NBA because I hate the playoff format because it's it's like cement seeding so like it's not it's not reseeded after every round so like you you play all season long to get the number one seed yes you play the number eight seed in the first round but okay you beat the eight seed you go on to the next round doesn't really matter because you could still be playing a pretty high seed like they they follow the march madness uh type seeding yeah you know what i mean I, i'm not a big fan so what's of the point of playing all those games huh in the regular season well, it's funny. That's- Every single league is dumbing down the regular season. Like, what's the point of playing the games anymore? Last last night was a prime example, and my son's always begged me to go to, like, a playoff game, okay? And I said to him, Ethan, last night is a... Or tonight, this is last night. Playoff hockey? Yeah, last night, okay. last night is a prime example of why I would never spend upwards of three, four, five hundred bucks to go to an Edmonton Oilers game because or to a hockey playoff game. Half of that Oilers game was a beer league game. It was done. By the start of the third period it was done. Bouchard was drunk. And think about well, yeah, the way <laughs> he, he fell on he, his he, buttocks. Think about that. Like initiation. You, you spent five hundred <laughs> I I will tell you this. I told my kid if I was um <laughs> if I was coaching the Edmonton Oilers Actually, no. It'd have to be one of the players. If I was Connor McDavid, I would have stood up there. I would have. They had the mics in front of me in the locker room asking me all the dumb questions. I would have said, listen, it's going to be real short. We played like horse crap. Only Hyman and Fogle did anything. The rest of us were horse beep. And the first six people that can screenshot their tickets... To our communications people that I get, you will get a full refund from me. I will give you a full refund. That was not acceptable. Ethan was telling me that his is it his favorite team, Tottenham or something. Yeah, they Tottenham were on. Hotspur. They were on the road, and they lost and had such a poor, poor game on the road that they went online and refunded all their fans that had bought tickets to that road game. Because yeah. he played so badly. <laughs> I know. He said it's the first time in pro sports he's ever seen Can't that. Can you imagine that? Can huh? you imagine that? I really believe... They're pioneers over there. I really, they you'll never get this, but I really believe this. Every professional athlete should get a base contract. So you get like... Let's do NHL. You get $250,000. If you get to 20 goals, you go up. If you get the 30 goals, you go up. If you're a defenseman and you're not a scorer, if you have so many plus minus, and that's how you do it. I think that Incentive-laden contracts. I think that would turn teams into very selfish-minded organizations. By benching players. Yeah, like if everyone was on a contract like that, you would have players that would that would be greedy, you know, that would not be good for well, a Wouldn't you be pissed off last don't night? Don't you have you... to agree though? Like well, yeah, that's that, true, that, I, I don't think that would work I in didn't the think long that run. went out uh, I, I thought it out as a disgruntled Oilers fan because of what happened. No, I but wouldn't you be ticked off if you if suppose this happens? Worse for you. You're a Milwaukee Bucks fan. You go to a NBA playoff game to watch him beat the Heat. Giannis goes out with a bruised ass bone, and they don't, and and they lose out. Like they lose that game so poorly, and you spent five hundred bucks to go to the game. Aren't you mad? Like that's why I don't do it. I'd rather sit at home and watch it. Yeah, I'm mad. You should have seen me at, at my in my apartment. <laughs> 
<laughs> Could you imagine what I would be like if I was at the game? Well, you're, you are the definition of fanatical. You're a bit of a loser when it comes I am to sports. A lo- I, I am a loser when it comes to sports and entertainment. You are. I am. You, like, you don't want to see me. 5.32 at the sports ticker for Busy B Overhead. Busy B Overhead will uh, replace or repair your commercial garage doors so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy B Doors, the garage door specialists. We got two games in the National Hockey League tonight. The Carolina Hurricanes taking on the New Jersey Devils. And with 7 minutes, 38 seconds remaining in the first period, New Jersey with a one to nothing lead over Carolina. Later on tonight, Dallas Stars taking on the Seattle Kraken. Seattle with a 2-1 to series lead. So uh, let's see if they can gain some more momo- uh, momentum rather at home tonight. I'm just stumbling here because I'm looking at the Jays score. The Jays just potted home a run. They're winning against the Phillies. One to nothing. Bottom of the third. Let's head ringside and check in with the oldest major junior hockey team in Canada. This is Pat Chats from your official voice of the Red China Pats. 620 CKRM. Well, yesterday, before the Oilers-Vegas game, the NHL draft lottery was held, and we found out where Connor Bedard is going to play NHL hockey to start his career, unless something wild happens. The Chicago Blackhawks moved up from number three to number one to win the draft lottery, and they will select Bedard in the June NHL draft. The last time the Blackhawks held the number one overall selection, it was 2007, and that year they picked future Hall of Famer, Patrick Kane. So Connor Bedard, a Chicago Blackhawk. His dad, Tom Bedard, joined us on the sports cage yesterday and said he still thinks of his son as a boy. Yeah. Well, to me, he still seems like he's 10 years old, you know, because I'm his dad and I've been there throughout, you know, of course, and watched little moments at a time. So, yeah, it's, it's hard to put it in perspective, really, the whole, the whole thing, you know. How proud are you, Tom? Off the ice, just how he he's handled this whole thing. Yeah, he he's uh, he's done well. I mean, we're always you know a little concerned because there's a lot happening for him, but he seems to most times um, you know say the right thing and do the right things to this point. So hopefully that continues. I mean, it's a lot, but yeah, he's been able to negotiate it so far, and yeah. uh, we'll see how things go. I, I sense a little, uh, and I appreciate you taking time, man, away from work and everything. I sense a, a little bit of fatigue almost of, in your voice a little bit. Am I right when I say that a bit? Yeah, a little maybe. <laughs> it was busy. It's been a busy few days, um, but all in a good way. I mean, you know, you, you, you know, you get drafted one time if you're lucky, and, you know, things go your way, so... You know, you got to take it all in and, and enjoy the moment. And Pat Chats for the Canadian Brew House. Simply Spiked Lemonade is new to the CBH with four bold, full-flavored fizzy choices for you to enjoy. Every time Saskatchewan gets in second or long, they've been bringing Glenn Suter up on the outside. Sometimes they blitz him, sometimes they don't. But when he's blitzed, he's had success. And it's picked up by Suter. He runs it out. Time for press coverage as former writer greats and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with Rider Nation. Press coverage for Quality Tire with nine locations in Saskatchewan to serve you. Check them out at qualitytire.ca here with Glenn Suter. 
And uh, let's start with Joe Cap passing away at the age of 85. Now, besides his great playing career, he became infamous for that fight on stage in the 2011 Grey Cup week with Angela Mosca. That, that went viral in the world of social media. But uh, before that, a great quarterback with the BC Lions and Minnesota Vikings, too. Yeah, yeah. To, you know, too many of our legends are, are passing and just to remind you, Father Time, but yeah, uh, you know, one of the toughest football players mentally, physically, uh, that has ever played the game, you know, and I'll, I'll always remember, and I, I think it was Mike Beamish who wrote it that, um, in Vancouver that he said that the, the best moment, Joe Cap, of his, of his football life was, Winning in '64, the championship, the Grey Cup championship for the for the BC Lions, and he played in the Rose Bowl. So you know when he says that the 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 entire province and the and the city and the you know all the politicians, everybody was behind the BC Lions when they won in '64. He said it was my best it was my best moment all time in football. And to think of, of a guy who played in the Rose Bowl and then made the BC Lion Great Cup Championship his best moment, that's, I'll remember things like that. A great ambassador for the game. Yeah, and uh, further to that, uh, he was a guy that tra- was the trailblazer for quarterbacks making a name for themselves on both sides of the border. Before the Warren Moons and the Garcias, there was Joe Cap. Exactly. You know, and, and a guy that... Um, Again, when, when we've always said, Michael, we don't have to pick one or the other and when we and even if you have a favorite, you don't have to downgrade the, the one that is not your favorite when you're talking about the two leagues, the two professional leagues. And that's what I've always said when when we bring it, when we bring in guys like or talk about guys like Warren Moon or Doug Flutie or Joe Cap that you know, had such great respect for both leagues and for the quality of athlete playing in both leagues. Again, there's how many thousands of uh, pro-quality football players that never get an opportunity because there's just not enough? And with two pro leagues, two real pro leagues in in football, you know, you, you the, the respect level's got to be there for both. So that you know, Joe Cap was a great ambassador for that. Just like Warren Moon, you know, and it's funny uh, you talk about uh, we we you know, I guess we compare or try to. Uh, accentuate that these are great athletes playing in Canada. Uh, Joe Cap inducted into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame in 1984. College Football Hall of Fame in 2004. His number 22 jersey retired by the BC Lions. Named one of the 50 greatest Minnesota Vikings of all time in 2010. And still holds the NFL record for most TD passes in a game with seven. It's a distinction he shares with names like Sid Luckman, Adrian Burke, George Blando, Y.A. Tittle, Nick Foles, Peyton Manning, and Drew Brees. So that'll just tell you, uh, people that play in the Canadian Football League, pretty good too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what? Joe Cap, no matter what league it was or what level, college or pro, he uh, wasn't hook sliding. And I, I don't recommend that for like, – we, we've changed. Our, the game has changed, and I think we as a as a – viewing audience or, or people that are passionate for football have changed along with it. So, you know, we will now watch a game, you and I, Michael, and, and calling it from the booth, say they've got to get down. The quarterback's got to make a good decision. A tough decision is the hook slide now so he, so he doesn't absorb too many hits. But back then, you know, Joe Cap would have said a hook sliding. 
you know, that's not football. He would have said, yeah. I'm not running out of bounds and I'm not hook sliding. He would search out contact. The the style of which he played, and I'm, and I'm going off tape, obviously, but the, the style of which Joe Cap played reminds me of, of Matt Dunnigan so, in, in our era. Yeah, no kidding. So I don't, I don't take this lightly, what I'm about to say, because I've got a son playing football right now, and he's gone through two surgeries. So uh, it's not like I'm, uh, you know... This 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 hits home for me, but you know I think we've made football just about as safe as we can make it now. Like I think you you still have to have that physicality in there. I know some people are intrigued by what the XFL's doing with their kickoff rule. I, I don't know. Just can't we just leave it the way that it is? I, I know they never changed it in this round of rule changes. I just like football the way it is now. Just leave it. I think it's it's perfect for the most part the way it is. Uh, agreed, agreed, and we and we really have to be careful as leagues, both leagues, not to swing the pendulum too far the other way, because then it stops becoming football. There's there's a reason. Listen, that football it is not for everybody, and and there's a reason we admire those who play it because there is a physical element that most people, and I you know and this is just fact that most people wouldn't tolerate, wouldn't do. Uh, you know, they, you have to play through nicks and injuries. And we call what, what would put people on the couch uh, for a week of missed work, we call a nick that we have to work on so that we can get ready to play the game. I don't mean me as in me. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm West Coast soft now. I mean, <laughs> I mean the, guys that are, the guys that are playing. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not a game for everybody. But I'll, I'll tell you this story real quickly that, when I, when I speak to young kids, I'm talking young tackle football, 10, 11-year-old kids, and I do it quite often. When I do that, the one question I always ask is, what do you love? Put your hand up and tell me what you love about football. And honestly, and I'm not exaggerating, 90% of the answers are, I, love, I get to hit somebody. Kids love it. They they enjoy the physical aspect of it. So I'm I'm with you, Michael. I think we've got to make sure that we make it safer and we're open to all innovation that would make it safer in equipment and all those things and some rules. But where we are now, I think first of all, is leaps and bounds ahead of other sports in the in with regards to player safety. I mean, they're still fighting in hockey and there's still you know stuff that you go and still boxing. And ultimate fighting. And I'm not criticizing those sports. You love those sports, that's great. But as far as the evolution of making it safer for the participants, football's come a long, long way. Canadian linebacker Grant McDonald out of the UFC has chosen to retire to pursue a career as a firefighter in his home province of BC. He made news this week when he posted that on social media. Uh, the six foot three, 235 pound defender selected by the Elks was the 14th overall pick in the 2021 CFL draft. He led the team with 16 special teams tackles as a rookie, uh, which also tied him for fifth most league wide. He was traded to Hamilton in 2022 alongside, um, Kyle Saxelid, mm-hmm. the offensive lineman. Anyway, he retires. We're seeing more and more guys retire earlier, or we're seeing people, you know, players that have a degree and a good education, which they got through football. It's not like they don't love football. Football got them through school, but they're choosing mm-hmm. the academic path. As a guy that loves our league, should we be concerned about a Canadian drain like that? I, we've talked about it, Glenn. We somehow have to find it attractive to these guys to put their bodies on the line when they're starting out in terms of money for contracts. 
Yeah, you know, I, I think when this happens and, you know, when we say it's happening more and more, I, I still think we're at a real, real low percentage, real small amount of guys. But, yeah, it, it is happening. And I wouldn't call it a concern, but I would I would call it something that has to be continued to explore. And because if you, you know, if you have a career opportunity, something that's going to be your job for the rest of your life, that pays you very similar money that you would make playing football, then that decision is a much tougher one. And so, and more and more kids now are deciding, you know, I, maybe I take my, my window of opportunity for my career for the next 40 years. And I take that now because that window might be closed in three or four years. But the couple of elements that you have to consider here is, is one, the average uh, career length for a football players four and a half years so guys that are coming out of school now are saying okay so the average career is four and a half years maybe five um i love the game i want to continue in the game but my window of opportunity for my career job for the next 40 years is right there around the corner so how do we fix that how do we how do we kind of talk these great athletes into playing at least a few years in the Canadian football league. Well, we, we have to increase the minimum wage. That's one thing to increase it um, to over a hundred thousand dollars. And, and whenever I've, we've talked about this, uh, you know, I always believe that, that it's not the top half of the, uh, or the top one third of, of the salary structure that should be increased. If, if more revenues come in, it should be the bottom half. Lift the minimum, lift the minimum wage to over a hundred grand, and kids will say, you know, I can't make that in my career job in my first ten years, so I'll do this for four or five years and keep playing football, and then we'll see a couple more of those great athletes. But again, I, I, we're st- we're talking about a pretty small number right now, Michael. I, I it's not a concern to me. It's it's a you know, let's keep an eye on it. Type of, type of deal. And lastly, let's get your thoughts on uh, Mike O'Shea signing Michael O'Shea. He's a receiver and returner out of Okanagan. He played here. Regina fans would be familiar with him because the Okanagan Sun beat the Regina Thunder in the uh, Canadian Bowl National Championship here last November at Mosaic Stadium, a game I was happy to call on uh, on uh, the radio. But uh, yeah, your thoughts on uh, on just that interesting dynamic. We talked about Ford and Ford Jackson Ford, his grandpa father with the last name but how about your dad being the coach that's an interesting one well uh, anyone who is who has coached their son in amateur sports knows the challenges that michael o'shea the coach is going to face um and and sometimes i know it was for me personally when i was coaching my son in in hockey that i almost overcompensated to be harder on him because a, I wanted him to be the example. I wanted him to take a leadership role, but also, you know, I didn't want to ever appear that there was any favoritism when it came to my son. So, you know, if 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 it had to be benched, then he got benched, and uh, I think that's the the challenge of having your son play at the pro level. Everybody knows in the locker room who should be on the team and who shouldn't. And, and honestly, that's uh, it's not an exaggeration. You sit in the locker room, and if there is a coach that, that picks a guy to make the roster that you know isn't better than the two guys in front of him on the depth chart, then you know there's favoritism going on. 
and that can erode the, the sort of the foundation. So that's the challenge. I, I'm glad he's giving him an opportunity. He, he earned it through his, his amateur football career and, and his amateur football life. So it's great he got an opportunity. Um, but there will be challenges for Coach O'Shea to make sure he's not showing any favoritism, which I don't think he will. Yeah. Okay, Glenn, uh, we'll catch up with you Thursday. And on Thursday, I want you, if you got a second to do a little homework, I want you to come up with one good storyline for each team going into training camp, okay? This is a great assignment. I'm pumped already. Love it. Okay, we'll talk Thursday. The Friends and Family F-150 event is on now in Capital Ford Lincoln. Capital Ford is rolling up the savings on F-150s for all the families, all the friends, even you. With up to 150 new F-150s in stock and up to $7,000 off select models, there really is something for everyone on the lot. Unless you're super picky and you need something really specific, no worries. Capital Ford can factory order your perfect truck today. So get in on the Friends and Family F-150 event on now at Capital Ford. Visit CapitalFordLincoln.com for details. Yeehaw, buckaroos! Are you hankering for a deal? It's the Ram Roundup at Crestview Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. If you're thinking about a pre-owned vehicle, come in and say howdy. We've got a huge selection of pre-owned vehicles for you to choose from, lots of different makes and models, and we offer big trade-in values and will buy your old ride even if you didn't buy it from us. So, get along, little doggies. Get to Crestview Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, a proud part of the Capital Auto Group. This Day in Sports History brought to you by Capital Ford Lincoln on the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua. May 9th, 2010, Oakland Athletics' Dallas Braden, he became the 19th pitcher to throw a perfect game in a 4 to nothing win over Tampa Bay. The kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. All right, let's get to the phone lines here before we wrap the show up. John, the Habs fan on the phone, go ahead. John, you're on the Western Pizza Hotline here. Show brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries. What do you got? Hey, Balji, how you doing? Good, hey, man. You know, I had a problem with the Blackhawks winning that uh, draft lottery. Why is that? Well, uh, you were awarded a team for a sexual abuse scandal. They should have had four or five first-round picks stripped away. I mean, uh, Arizona violated uh, one of the... Um, couple of years ago mm-hmm. one of the uh for their uh combine yeah they got their pick taken away and that's not nearly as severe as what uh happened to kyle beach i don't know uh the league dropped the ball on this one they absolutely should not have got the dart at all yeah i don't i mean you you raise a valid point when you look back uh when you look back at it, Arizona holds a pre-draft workout, loses first-rounder. New Jersey signs Ilya Kovalchuk to a contract that was legal at the time, loses a first-rounder. Chicago covers up a sexual abuse scandal for a decade and gets Connor Bedard. So, yeah, there's there's some truth to that, John. Hey, John, are my winners coming back or what? They are. <sighs> that was a terrible game last night. It, it was. Um, you know what? McDavid looked mad, so did Dreisaitl, and I don't blame him. I mean... Uh... Wow. Yeah, Nugent Hopkins isn't even he isn't even uh showing up in this series. Do you uh do you think the Leafs are getting swept out? Yep, they are. are and you, I can't wait. Are you gonna call in on Thursday and uh, sing na 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 Hey goodbye? You gonna do that, John? Yep. Hey, I am because all I heard was after they uh they won that they were winning the cup. Yeah. They wanted Florida and they got Florida. Hey, thanks for they your time. They got Florida because they thought Florida was gonna be the easier route. Well yeah. 
be careful what you wish for. Florida is uh, twice the team they are. They're they're bigger. They're faster. They're more physical. Mm-hmm. Hey, John. And their core force goes up. Hey, John. What, what's the rider record going to be? I have them at ten and eight. Uh, nine and nine. Nine and nine. Playoffs. Yes, they'll uh, they'll be going on the road. Uh, yeah. in uh, Calgary. Okay. Thanks, man. Appreciate the call. Thanks for listening. You too. See you, yep. John. All right. So this is this is I I hate cancel culture. Now I don't know all the details. Um. So I mean, sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire. But you got to check this out, man. So Matt Areza, who was the punter for the uh, Buffalo Bills, was cut prior to last season after being accused of gang raping a woman. There was no evidence found against him, and he will not face any charges. The former sixth-round pick in the 2022 NFL Draft was not present at the house at the time of the incident. Now his name has been cleared, and the guy known as the Punt God could potentially make a return to the NFL. I would be suing somebody's buttocks if I was Matt Areza, is how you say it. Yeah, if that's all there is to it, I mean... There must be something more to it. I how mean, do you how, cut him? How, how does... Yeah. yeah I don't know about Like, Buffalo had to have known what was going on. Yeah. If that's the case, and he's he's been cleared, that is the ultimate case of overreacting or acting prematurely. So I'd like to get a little more uh, information on that. Hey, and uh, lastly, uh, it's time for this thing. How about you hit it here, okay? Okay, so this is not uh, sports-related, but it's funny all the same. Now, we all have our days, but don't take it out on other people. 67-year-old exterminator in Pennsylvania is facing charges after he was caught on video peeing all over a customer's living room. You see, it happened in the town of Hastings, just about uh, 140 kilometers east of Pittsburgh. The owner of an apartment complex hired him to come in and spray pesticide in the units. Um, One of the tenants found a... uh, Spider a few days later, so they checked the footage from the security camera, apparently to make sure he actually sprayed pesticide. Instead, they saw him spraying <coughs> something else. He uh, peed in several different spots around their living room, on their rug, their couch, a side table, on their daughter's toy box. The guy's name's Roger Young. He's the owner of Young's Pest Control, and he admitted he did it. When the cops asked him why, he said, well, I was having a bad day and sick of people. He's facing charges of criminal mischief and disorderly conduct. Uh, they got to replace their rug and couch and other belongings, and that'll cost them over four grand. So, old Roger Young, our idiot of the day. He, he needs a, I think he needs a counselor or serve hard time somewhere. <laughs> anyway, that that'll do it for the show. Weird. Singer, I'm off tomorrow. What do you got tomorrow, you and Blaine? Yeah, a lot coming up tomorrow. We got Bob Stoffer. He's going to be joining us at 5.05. Uh, where are they now Wednesday? Brought to you by Floor Coverings International. We're going to have Jordan Sisko. Oh, remember? Sisko. Former, yeah, I know. Former Riffle Royal, former U of R Ram. Indianapolis Colt. Yeah, we talk, I'm going to make sure I talk to him about that as well. What else do I got? I got former Pats GM Bob Strum to go over uh, the Connor Bedard pick to the Chicago Blackhawks. That and so much more. I'm, I'm Missing. Oh, of course, we're going to have uh, Anthony Cox Jr. Brian Cox. Brian, uh, did I say Anthony? Yeah. Bro, I'm tired. <laughs> you're half asleep. I'm okay, tired. so I'll tell you what. Uh, you got Zinger at night tonight, and when you're done, you go home to bed, okay? I'm going to make sure I go. I said, is there an Anthony Cox in the sports world? 
Why did I say that? Anyways, he is going to be joining us tomorrow. And though. Anthony can join us too if he wants. Anthony, if there's an Anthony Cox listening, give us a call. I'll <laughs> gladly get you on the airwaves. <laughs> We're going to be back tomorrow. I'll be back Thursday. Zinger's got Wednesday and Friday covered the rest of the week. Ryder Minicab tomorrow. We got you covered here. Your voice of Rough Riders football is 620 CKRM. Today's sports page has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.